tip today in association with Slatteries of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slatteriesgarage.ie Welcome along to Tip Today, 1800 938 007. That's our free phone number. Won't cost you to make a call. Emma is looking after the programme today. Coming up on the show, the INMO has declared 2023 is the worst year for hospital overcrowding in Ireland. We'll be chatting about that uh, very soon indeed. Ali checks out the bookworm in Thurlis for this year's Christmas book recommendations. We have the Christmas quiz with Muriel Cuddy. How to deal with stress around Christmas time. We'll speak to our psychotherapist Joanna's Berkeley. And we have gardening with Alton Nesbitt. Now as usual if you have a gardening query, will you log it with us as soon as you can please? 83 311 for your text and WhatsApp. You can uh, email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Let's have a look at uh, the front pages of some of your uh, newspapers today. The Irish Independent, their main story, new powers for Gardaí will allow suspected drug-driving motorists to be detained while officers wait for a drug test result. And proposals going to the Cabinet uh, today will fix an anomaly in the current law, seemingly. However, plans to increase penalty points for some driving offences committed during bank holiday weekends will be stalled as it needs some further uh, legal scrutiny. I'd love to find out some more as well about the drug test results there because if people are on prescription medication, for example, and they might be on long-term medication, uh, does that show up in uh, a drug blood test? And if so, what's the story around that? So we need to find out more uh, about that. The Irish Examiner. Uh, telling us that the Sinn Féin leader, Mary Lou MacDonald, has condemned Irish soccer legend Robbie Keane for continuing to manage an Israeli team, uh, stating that sport and genocide shouldn't mix. What do you think about that, by the way? Um, Should politics uh, be in sport, I suppose, is the main question there. Also on the examiner today, more Fianna Fáil councillors are breaking ranks over government refugee policies as leader Micheál Martin vows to crack down on incendiary language being used by party representatives. The Irish Times, and again, reference to uh, Mary Lou MacDonald, uh, but uh, this time, house prices have to fall substantially, the Sinn Féin leader has said, uh, adding that the objective of Sinn Féin and government would be to get prices as low as we possibly can. Uh, she was making the point that the average uh, house price in Dublin should fall to around 300000 Now, when you consider that at the moment the average price in Dublin is around 430000 You'd wonder how Sinn Féin are going to manage to do that. And from what I've read this morning, I don't see much detail around that. But um, anyway, um, also uh, on the Irish Times today, the Gardaí uh, received no communication from uh, the government uh, about that uh, disused hotel in County Galway. Uh, being designated as a centre for asylum seekers and so uh, lost opportunities to increase safety around it, according to the Garda uh, Commissioner. And finally, a look at the mail and uh, applications. So this is a very interesting story. Applications by Irish healthcare staff to work in Australia have soared by almost a 1,000 amid fears that the HSE recruitment freeze will only drive that number 
higher. So that's very, very worrying indeed. And it plays into our first conversation this morning because University Hospital Limerick remains the most overcrowded hospital in Ireland with 21,141 patients lacking beds uh, during the year. Now, other hospitals also faced significant overcrowding and on a particular Tuesday 517 individuals had to wait on trolleys in hospitals across the country according to the INMO. Dr Conor Reedy joins me now a member of the Midwest Hospital uh, campaign and indeed Nina needs its A&E campaign as well. Good morning to you Conor. Good morning Fran how are you today? I'm well Conor I have a feeling that none of those figures are surprising to you. Um they're not surprising. They'll never stop being disturbing. Yeah. They'll never stop being distressing to hear. One would have thought that with the year that we've had, the year of very big discussion and the year the years of very big discussion and debate and protest and loud conversation about this, that something would give, that something would change. Um, UHL continues to be the national basket case it contain and the midwest in itself continues to be um the national disgrace of a failed policy but as we see from the INMO revelations yesterday um all across the country it's a case of Houston we have a problem um there is a reason uh, why things are going wrong all across the country. Uh, there are many reasons why things are going wrong all across the country. And it, it seems to be because as a country, as a, a government, successive governments, um, administrative agencies running the health service, that, that run the health service, HSC and Department of Health, um, and the political classes on all sides, we are still wedded, it seems, to old, dysfunctional, out-of-date policies uh, that were invented 20, 25 years, almost 25 years ago, and are no longer fit for purpose. We're not moving with the times, it's clear. Now, we know, and your listeners are sick of listening to me talking about the um, case in the Midwest, but, you know, it seems that across the country we have... In, in some places, we have smaller versions of this. Uh, we know we have, you know, we, we have difficulties up in Donegal, we have difficulties in Roscommon, um, nothing on a scale of UHL, but certainly we have problems that aren't being addressed and we seem incapable of addressing, Fran. And, Connor, because it's, you know, a few sleeps to Christmas, I mean, I'm trying desperately here to find something positive. Are you seeing anything that would lead you to believe that somebody has a vision, even if it's for a few years down the road. Are you seeing anything, Connor? I'd love to give on Christmas week a more positive answer to that question. But honest to God, hands on heart, no. And that's the truth. I, I really wish I could be more upbeat in my assessment and the campaign's assessment of where we're at. But there, there, there is nothing there. During the year, we felt we had hope. We felt we had hope of, you know, initiatives and ideas and things, people with, with, with fresh thinking. But no, that, that has just faded away into another bleak winter um, at, at, mm. of emergency med- medical 
the delivery of emergency medicine in the Midwest, uh, where we're back to the same uh, well-trotted-out apologies, the same well-trotted-out please stay away from the hospital unless it's absolutely urgent, call your GP, who, by the way, will be on holidays on Friday, as they're entitled to do, then call your out-of-hours service. so best to look with that. We'll see how that goes this Christmas after last year. Um, call your local pharmacy. Just call anywhere, but try not to call us. Try not to call us. Yes. And I mean, yes. how can you how can you adjudicate, Connor, whether or not the pain in your chest is serious? You, you know, like, why should ordinary people have to make yeah, a decision like that? You know. And there's only one way you should that that should be adjudicated, and that's not by you, the patient. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's that's exactly that's the perfect example. Um, we are now in a situation where we're incapable of delivering what used to be what used to be, Fran. Uh, back in the, the worst days of 80s recession Ireland and 50s recession Ireland and 70s Ireland and when when things were a lot bleaker and less developed than they are now, this was something we were able to develop, or not, not develop, that this is something where we were able to deliver as mm. uh, as a state to our, our people. And yes, I know things change, social factors mm. change, population increases, there's more mobility. But it, it, it still, we haven't changed with it, is what I said at yes. the top. Well, we're not and, able... and that's interesting, because one of the points the INMO is making, everything that's happening now, the second year in a row, by the way, uh, breaking overcrowding records again, but all of it entirely predictable, Connor. Uh, look, we sat in front, uh, a, a small bunch of us sat in front of Bernard Gloucester, the, the CEO of the HSE, mm. at the mm. start, at the first Friday in June in a private office off-site in Limerick. And one of the last things I said to him, what are we doing to prevent uh, another winter that like, like the one we've just had, and especially a Christmas and New Year that we've just had at UHL? You know, mm. I mean, if the likes of us can flag it, and we're not professionals, yes. um, we're, you know, it is utterly predictable, mm. completely predictable. Um, the dogs in the street could tell you what's going to happen. And we can see what's going to develop over the coming week or two now, mm. God forbid, but we can see how it's going to play out, how it's so likely to play out. Yeah. A, a lady on the show yesterday, she was talking about her experience of, of UHL and when yeah. she, she got her bloods taken, she she had to go somewhere else with them. But her description of what she saw as she tried to make her way through the corridors was that it was like a county final day. The yeah. kind of overcrowding, the kind of chaos, the you know, I mean, it's no, that's that that is that's by the way, the acute hospital that serves over well over four hundred thousand people now. But let's let's just have you know put that uh, out there for the moment. That's and there's no other hospital area. People have heard me say this all year. There's no other hospital region, HSE region in the country that has that statistic to offer. Now. At some point, okay, we know there are all sorts of internal problems uh, at, at UHL where, you know, we have a wonderful staff at, at so many levels and they're being hampered from being able to do the job that they spent years training to do. Um, so there are many, many internal issues at UHL. Um, but the broader problem here is, of course, capacity because what that lady is, is speaking to is... Uh, 
too many people being shoved into too small a space. Mm. You know, if mm. you give a child in a creche some of those uh, toys where you're trying to, you know, fit shapes into holes and this kind of thing, you know, some shapes will not go into some holes. Some bricks will not mm. fit in mm. because the, it, it, the thing is not designed to take it. And it's the very same thing here. We we are still, well, aren't we great? We're getting a 96-bedded unit in 2024. We're so wonderful. The HSE is delivering capacity at UHL, except it's not 96 beds, Fran. It's 48 new beds and 48 replacement beds. And we're going to do the same maybe 18 months later. Mm. That's so not will we have the same answer. conversation next year, Connor? as far as you can see? Depressingly, I think we will, because there's no big idea out there. There's nobody... There's nobody in uh, administration, when I say administration, I'm talking HSE, Department of Health. There's nobody, certainly, in politics uh, speaking out. And um, there's there's nobody in, you know, our GPs around North Tipperary are deadly silent on this. I mean, we have GPs up in Donegal who, mm-hmm. in, in a couple of times this year, who have written open letters so um, why are they silent, Connor? Oh, I don't, is it a case of not wanting to bite the hand that feeds you? Because that's 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 what I feel, really. And like with GPs up in Donegal this year, they put their names to a letter. They stood up for their their communities. Oh my God, getting anybody to stand up for anything around here is just um, it, it's good luck to you. You know, I mean, the politicians won't do it. The GPs won't do it. It's ordinary and people. It's that, an ordinary people. Yeah. Ordinary people. Like ourselves in the campaign, and, pe- and 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 by the way, you know the community are getting kind of numb from hearing these stories. The lady had yesterday, and you could have another five today. Mm, and yeah. you know, we're there's a danger that we're getting numb to hearing these stories. And, and then there's the freeze on recruitment, and there's the front page of the Daily Mail today that, you know, applications by Irish healthcare staff, Connor, to work in Australia have soared by almost a thousand. So there's an exodus of the people we need. <clears throat> well, now, this is, I mean, of course there's an exodus to Australia because the Australian government were advertising on the bus shelters of Ireland yeah. at the st- earlier on this year, attracting people to go. That's number one. Number two, I'm on a rant here, Fran, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But number two, when we sat in front of Leo Varadkar at the, in February of this year in another facility in Limerick and uh, in the campaign, and part of my presentation to him was, why are we doing this time after time? Why are we educating our healthcare professionals, our doctors and our nurses uh, for the plane? Hmm. Why are we doing that? Because the grass is a greener elsewhere. We don't pay them enough. We give them terrible working conditions. What are you going to do to change that? Or are you going to do anything to change that? That's exactly how I addressed it to him, and as forcefully as I'm doing now. Now, what did he say, Connor? He wrote stuff down. (laughs) He doodled. I'm sure he doodled. Um, You know, because because this is is still happening. What, What... you know, what major initiatives have we seen all year to address that even? What programmes have we seen from the HSE or the Department of Health mm. to, to, to try and retain 
highly qualified people that we that 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 we spend thousands and thousands. And there was on even talk, Connor. Do you remember of you know an obligation on those who are trained to be doctors and nurses to stay here for a period of time because, of course, taxpayers play a part in their their education. So, I mean, was there even any movement on that? On not that I'm aware of, yeah. to be honest with you. And this is what I'm saying. No no thinking, no initiatives, no packages, no, um, at, at, say, attractive, uh, you know, tax packages or something that, hey, we'll give you an easier run on taxation and we'll give you for the first five years if you stay or this, that or the other. Nothing. We're doing no thinking outside the box, Fran, um, on that staffing issue whatsoever. No creative thinking whatsoever. It is very... And if, these people are going to go, friend. Look, mm. we we all know somebody who's been trained up either as a nurse or a doctor or in some branch of medicine, and there are so many branches. And, of course, they're going to go. Who'd want to work in an Irish hospital, in most Irish acute hospitals, under these conditions? Um, these people, of all professions going in medicine, it is a vocation, and I know that's a cliche, but it is. And you have to want it, and you have to have the passion but you also don't want to be on a kamikaze mission for your own health and well-being, yeah. you know. So um, there's we we have seen another year of um, very very depressing, depressingly bad management from top to bottom in mm. the Irish Health Service. Um, yeah, there was there was a figure that struck me as well, Connor, as very stark. Over three thousand four hundred and fifty children have been on trolleys so far this year. That's an increase of twenty four percent on the previous year. Now that is just unforgivable, is it not? And and those high levels, um, they're kind of for children are new. We we've yes. always you know we 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 always would have had a certain number. Yes. Of children on trolleys, we always would have but had three thousand four hundred and fifty. But we're get that's going up there now the same way as when we measure um, homelessness and children in emergency accommodation. You know, we're not really serving the children of Ireland very well, are we? You know, when you think about it, when you have children living living in hotels and, you know, places like that with their parents and families. Now we're doing the same with them on hospital trolleys. There, there will be, as you know, Connor, local elections next year. There will be European elections. There may even be a general election. I mean, how how big is this going to be? Or is it a bit like war, that after a period of time, you get tired and you just say, look, this is the way it is. Are, are we beaten down by this almost at this point? You know? uh, that, that's the, that last point is the one I'm afraid of. I mean, I feel beaten down. Um, I, I feel because we have very, very... Sometimes we feel like we've little to no support and Nina needs to stay in the locally here yeah. in terms of well we don't. We we have Shamie Morris and that's it and Shamie's great. Um but you know, we have very we've we've no other high profile voices for whatever reason that come out behind us. Maybe it's us, maybe we're the wrong leaders but, but for maybe it. I don't it's know. because they know that it's a, a non runner. And, and and I'm maybe sorry, so. to, I'm sorry to use that language around it because no, it's I know very unfortunate. Saying, yeah. But maybe it's because they know something that we don't know that this. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, and and I often feel that that sometimes it's a case of, um, you know, uh, Irish politics is so small. Everybody knows each other, um, and people in officialdom, people in agencies, and people in in the agencies of state are also very, very buddy-buddy a lot of the time with people in politics. I've seen that 
from other work I've done in the non-healthcare sector, in fact, in the historical sector. And I've seen that up close and personal myself. It's a very... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But it, Incestuous it, in some ways? That's the yes. word I'm looking mm. for. Good man, Fran mm. Curry on a Wednesday morning. It's a very incestuous world. And people know each other and there's this kind of, well, I'm buddies with this fellow, so, you know, I'm not going to rock the boat or I know this person and I'm not going to rock the boat and we'll do the old nod and a wink, slap in the back Irish way of doing things. Uh, I, I really feel there's an awful really, lot of Connor, that. Connor, that's the most damning thing I've heard you say. Do you know that? I, 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 I say it because I believe it and I feel that it's a very big part of the problem in this country. And I, 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 as I say, I've seen it in another sector in which I worked within the last ten years mm. on a on a something I did, and um, I was exposed to it for about a year. And I've seen it. Uh, I, I believe it now. I believe it now very, very much about um, the standoff approach to health reform in this country and particularly in this region. Right. We will have. Yeah. Uh, if it's anything like last year, last Christmas and New Year, we're facing, you know, a, a, a shocking time of it now in the Midwest over the remainder of this year and into the early week or two of next year. Yes, I'm really we're, afraid for those little babies because this uh, RSV thing now is everywhere, you know. Well, there's, there's, there's so, there's, and that's the thing. Yeah. That's a new thing that we have to confront. And, and next year there'll be some other... Yeah. Yeah. amalgamation of letters because that's how that's the nature of health that's the nature of medicine it changes and um no all we'll get is oh we weren't ready for the onslaught of our rsv yeah. why not why aren't we that adaptable because we're not able to keep up with the basics right now and so we'll have this other predictable this predictable winter and new year coming now this christmas and new year period coming of being ill-prepared, even though we're being told we are prepared. And um, we'll have nobody shouting from the rooftops. Oh. We'll have nobody screaming. Well, Connor, I'm sure you and your organisations will, will be shouting from the rooftops uh, anyway. But really good to talk to you, Connor, And thank you for all your fantastic contributions during the year. Well, Connor. Fran, uh, you indulge, uh, as I said, you indulge a, a, a kind of a crazy, um, weird... Strange historian all the year uh, with his weird stories. Well, um, and I've been on to, I've been given out to Emma yesterday, and I was saying there's, there's other stories we need to start telling, well, and um, you know we're going to start telling them now n- next year, and in in um, because there's another big story coming next year, Fran, and I'm not going to say it now because you'll all think I'm loony. Okay. Right. <laughs> a big story for t- oh, yes. for Tipperary, Connor. Uh, no, 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 for the world. For the world. Yes. Okay. And I think I think the only one I've got on my side in Tip FM is going to be Alison on that one now. So, <laughs> yes. I have a feeling there's a conspiracy element to there's it. There's a conspiracy there element to it. All you right, my friend. The skies, friend. You, <laughs> you look after yourself, Connor, and my <laughs> best to you and your family. Thank and you. To all of you there. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Connor, Doctor Connor Reedy speaking to us there. We'll take a break. Back in just a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 
Now, Seesaw is a wonderful organisation playing a vital role in tackling the issue of suicide in South Tipperary and surrounding areas. The founder is a regular contributor to the show and a great friend of ours, Joe Leahy. Good morning to you, Joe. Good morning, Fran. And you're very welcome. I know that you will be open quite a lot uh, during Christmas and we, we, we'll chat about that. Can you have a brief look back at the year for me, Joe? Was it a busy year for Seesaw? Uh, yeah, it was a busy year, yeah. We had... Um we had a bit of a review there a couple of weeks ago. It was an, uh, it was a way busier than it has been prior to this now. It was a busy year, yeah. And we had all age brackets in, you know, from young to old. Like we had, you know, I, you know, I have to be careful as well that you don't, that anybody don't ever think that you're talking about them. Yeah. But we had a number of people, like we'll say, uh, you know, well over 75, put it that way to you. And it's great to see people, a lot of that, some of that is coming from loneliness and all that, but it's great to see people coming into the into the system and into the house and, and again coming into the coffee morning in Tip Town as well. It is great to see it, you know. And of course, that was a great plus this year, the addition of Tipperary Town. It was it? indeed, yeah. yeah, it was a huge plus. And I think as well as that, you know, the consistency of it all and to have the same, you know, and I can't ever thank my volunteers enough, and I shouldn't say mine, the volunteers for CESA. I can't ever thank them enough. They're absolutely great. Anything you ever ask them, to do there's not a question about it. no problem we'll do that whatever you want you know what are the issues that people are coming in with or is it so wide and varied Joe that it's impossible to sum up like it's wide and it's varied I, I, you know one of the big bear bugs of mine is is um, is drugs you know especially for young people you know and I yeah. think I'm going to say something I don't want to hurt anybody and it's not my intention to hurt anybody but I think you know we have we have debt by debt now by D-E-A-T-H by D-E-P-T B D E B T, people own money like for drugs. Young people and they're being threatened and they're being bullied and they're being pushed into taking their own lives. And in some cases, then you know the people behind that are left behind that are still pushed in and taking their own lives. We're going to a very tragic tragic situation. Drug dealing has gone totally out of control. Uh, it's gone totally out of acceptance as well, Fran. You know that people are younger people and not so young people right across the entire spectrum of life are using drugs and taking drugs and they're buying them from totally illegal illicit sources and as well as that then they owe money and then the the the, the person comes knocking on the door to pay up and if you don't pay up then there's consequences and and it's so sad when you see some person having to take their own life because of that and you you've seen that happen we've seen that happen and unfortunately Fran it is becoming more common unfortunately and Joe, would it surprise you, because obviously you're in the middle of all of this, but would it surprise you to know that people will be surprised to hear about that? Because it's it's almost an underbelly, it's happening, but it's not even acknowledged all that. No, it's not acknowledged, Fran, and people are very slow, a lot of people are very slow to talk about these things. And you can understand, like, fear and intimidation, uh, because people won't come out and people won't say these things in case there's repercussion on them or some family members of, of theirs, do you know? And as well as that, then people won't go into court and they won't stand up. And I can understand why they won't, because the system that we have is there, you know, they, they, they ha- at the end of the day, like, if you, you know, if I have to go to court, against you at the end of the day well we're going to have to face each other in court yes. at the end of the day like right except you plead guilty other than that I'll have to, we'll have to face each other and people are and I can understand why they are afraid I can fully accept why they are afraid like if you're at home like there on the night and the next thing a rock comes through the window like you see the intimidation right across, across the country and it's happening then to individuals and some unfortunates for some reason they're just taking their own lives they can't hack it anymore they can't stand it anymore and, you know, and th- that debt, as in D-E-B-T, is still to be paid off. It's it's terrible what's going on. Isn't it just because 
a lot of people would associate suicide with depression and mental health issues and yeah. stuff. But the driving force is the fact they all. Well, in, in, in some s- cases, in, in some, some cases, cases, yeah. No, uh, some Fran is obviously it's still it is still yes. anxiety, depression, and it's it's all of that. And um, you know it, it is, and there's other there's other trends as well, Fran. Like there are people, you know, this dual diagnosis has never gone away. You know there, and that has still needs to be this tackled. Addiction and mental health. Addiction and mental health. Yeah. You know, and and I've seen people like you know they're gone into hospital you know and they they escape from hospital and the next thing they t- they end up taking their own life i've seen some people taking their own life while they are even on suicide watch you know and we don't ever hear about that outside there in the public and that's so wrong and so it's it's wrong in society it shouldn't be happening and it just proves that the system is not fit for purpose and we need we need it to be sorted out better than it is mm. not to mention then all the thing with cams and how that is not working properly and the backlogs and the hours that that are being given to it and all we seem to be able to do every year is find another palacon of money at it you know and that's supposed to fix all ills you know and just you know as you're talking to me the, the the headline right in front of me this moment you know the HSE they should be concerned because the medics are on an exit to Australia uh, because the, it, it's not attractive for them to stay here or be here and work in the in the medical service. Well, that, and and somebody likes you know somebody needs to ask the question why. Yeah. Now I don't I, I don't want I wouldn't like to see this. What we have a great habit of doing in this country is it gets into big political argument yeah, yeah. and then everyone gets put up and listen to this. Oh, sure, I say black, you say white, you say white, I say black, and away we go. And the next all forgotten about Ash. That's only him and him. I mean, somebody seriously say. Why is this happening? Where is the supports for these people? Why are the supports not in place? Why are we not holding on to our people? Why don't the people want to stay here and work here? And I see all this thing like about we're talking about migration and immigration and we're talking about all that. But if you go into any of the hospitality sectors, there's more non-nationals or as many as there is Irish. You're going into the hospital sector, we're the same way, all medical science, all different people. And where would we be without all those if everybody else had immigrated? Where were we? So we're in a tricky situation where we are, but it's not being tackled and it's not being addressed properly right across the whole spectrum. Anyway, we we should be all the more uh, grateful then that Seesaw is up and running. Um, tell me about Christmas, because Christmas can be a difficult time, uh, no doubt, Joe. I can indeed, uh, Fran, and especially, I suppose, one of the things, one of my big bear bugs that I keep saying, you see, to me is, uh, we kill ourselves with overthinking. You know, every one of us overthink and overthink. And for some goddamn reason, you know, we never overthink the good things. Mm. We always seem to overthink the bad things. You know, and you'd always hear people, you know, saying, where were you last night? I was out in the pub. Oh, God, we had some crack. Mm. But why did the crack? Because there was more people. Now, I'm not encouraging people to go to the pub because someone else has said that. It's not that. I'm just saying, when you're with others, you have the crack. When When you're on your own, you tend to overthink. Yes. And I think that's what happens at Christmas time. People are on holidays. There's nothing stirring. I know life has changed, but at the same time, people are at home and then they start thinking of their loved ones. You know, as you always say, the empty chair around the table and back it goes then to all that. And I think they are difficult times. And I would like to say as well, Ran, you know, like we have a lot of positives like in Seesaw, you know, a lot. Of, I'd like to thank all the people as well as the volunteers, all the, all the, what we call them, the friends that have come into us every, you know, Monday, every Wednesday and even the listening service that come into us there to sit down, to have a chat to get something off their chest, they talk to us and to thank as well our counsellors who work, they're all volunteers and the amount of counselling that they've done is absolutely phenomenal, all un- 
don't say a word about it. Don't want any praise or credit for it. They just want to get on and want to do it, you know. And I would encourage more people to come in, to please come into us, eh, both into Prairie Town and in Clamel. Our, like our logo is Take Time to Talk. Mm. And I wish to God that people would just say, well, look, I'll give it a go anyway, nothing to lose. Take time to talk, come into us. Of course, and it can be so so helpful. Yeah, so the hours then and the days you're open. The hours that we're opening, um, because uh, Christmas Day this year falls on a Monday, we're open every Monday. Our coffee morning in Clamell is open from half ten to half twelve. It's open in Tip Town from half ten to half twelve in the CJ Kicken Brass on, and Reed Band. On, on Christmas Day? On Christmas Day, yeah. Wow. And we have our listening service on Christmas evening in Clamell as well. In 24 William Street. That's, that's some commitment, isn't it? Uh, it, it? Look, as I said, somebody said to me yesterday, aren't you great for doing it, you know, and I said, sure, there's only so many times you can watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you can, look, it's yeah. not the end of the world. We have great volunteers. They go in, they do it an hour out, and they just do it. Yeah. And you can't thank them enough for what they do, you know. But we are there, and we want to encourage people to come into us. Don't be, don't be home alone, come in. And outside of Christmas Day then, uh, Joe? What? We're back then to our normal hours then outside of Christmas Day. We have our coffee morning on, uh, again on the Wednesday morning. We have our listening service on, on the Thursday. And on the following Monday again, it's New Year's Day, but we're open again on New Year's oh. Day in both Tip Town and And just Clamel. for clarity where Seesaw is concerned, OK, I present myself to, to Clamell or Tipperary Yes. Town. What, what happens, Joe? You come in, uh, for the coffee morning we come in and this, everyone sits down around the table and we solve all the problems of the world, I might as well tell you, and more. Well, it's just a general chat. Just a general yeah. chat and, and it's it's nothing new that somebody gets uh, emotional and starts crying away. But there's not, that's all acceptable. You get on with it, you keep talking away and we move on and whatever need they want to talk about, we listen to what they have to say. And, and then if people want counselling, they just hand you your number, like I'll give you my name and my first name, my number, and we'll get our counsellor to contact them and they can have eight or ten free sessions of counselling, whatever they need, whatever the counsellor feels they're required. And in the listing service then in the evening time, between half six and half seven on Mondays and Thursdays, you come into the house and there'll be just two people there for the listing service. You go in, you sit down, there's no big rigmarole about P, you know PPS numbers or anything. The councillor takes their records, keeps their records, what they need to do. But when you come in to us, we just get your first name, your number, and we pass it on to the councillors, and they take it from there. And there's no cost? And absolutely no cost. Everything is free. The only bit of a condition is that we'd like you if you had a cup of tea or a cup of coffee while you're there as well. And even a few biscuits will save me from eating them. Yeah, so yeah. If you had them, I'm sure. But, I think I think it's great, great altogether. But but, but work, I really you know. would, I really would, you know, none of us are looking for praise, but I really would plead for people to just please come into us any day of the week, the whole year round. We're there and come in and avail of our services because yeah. we also have a free phone uh, number at the um, service for the weekends every Friday and every Sunday and that's all our services are available on social media as well, Very all our good. numbers are there. Now I know it's the CJ Kickham Hall in in Tipperary Town, the address in Clanmel again is... It's 24 is. William Street. William Street, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, Joe, we wish you and all of your team a, a very happy Christmas and congrats on the. I, I know you don't want to hear this, but it's wonderful work that's been done by Cecil. Well, thank you very much, Fran. And I'd like to wish everybody, including Tip FM, for all their help and all their assistance uh, throughout the year, a, a very safe and peaceful Christmas. Thanks very much indeed, Joe. We'll take a break. We're back with more tip today in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Very 
interesting uh, text in from Helen uh, because we were making the point there that there's fears for the HSE because the medics uh, um, are in a kind of an exodus, I suppose, to, to Australia. But Helen says, listening to your healthcare segment, hearing that Australia is advertising to poach Irish staff, I'm living in Australia, I'm on holiday at the moment in Clanmel. Let me tell you that the grass is not greener. The government has driven the Australian healthcare system into the ground. It's a shambles. Leaving Ireland to work in Aussie healthcare is humouring um, from the frying pan into the fire, says Helen. So it's not very interesting. I'd love to uh, to speak to Helen about that at some point or other. Uh, somebody else saying the private hospitals should have an A&E and private patients should go there. I'd like to know how many private patients are on trolleys. I'll bet little or none. Public hospitals are really private, it says. Um, okay, lots more in on that. I'll have a glance through it and I'll bring it to you soon. But Noel joins me now. Noel, good morning to you. Morning, Fran, and thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome indeed. You, you're, you're of the opinion the numbers are bad, and God knows they are. But you think we should be looking to hospitals who are getting it right? Is that is that oh, what you mean, Noel? Like if they go to examples, I'll give an example. Go to Waterford, right? Yeah. There's not one person on a corridor in A and E in Waterford. Yeah, they seem to really have it together down there. They don't have it. They? It's down to, and I said it to. Your, your research this morning on, any, on WhatsApp, mm. it's down to management. Mm. If the management can't get it together, they're only wasting their time. Yeah, the Waterford Hospital, I remember reading about it at the time when it sort of emerged that how well they were doing. They seem to have come to agreements with doctors and consultants and nursing staff that they have access to them over the weekends and that's why they have people in and out and they don't have the backup that we see, or, or the backlog yeah. that we see in other hospitals. Like, they didn't have one backup of one person on a trolley during the COVID. You go into Clanmel, I went in, I, I, like, I'm nearly partial furniture inside there now. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, there's so often with asthma and I mean different health issues, right? Yes. But the point I'm making is, I went in there on the 10th, the 10th just gone, the 10th of December. Not one person on a corridor inside in Clanmel. Go the Tuesday morning, I went in. It was nearly flocked like a uh, like a mart. It was so flocked up that you had to go back down and sit in the front of E in Clanmel. And are uh, you telling me people on trolleys all all along yeah. the corridors? Was it? Yeah. There was every every bed in the corridor was full up, all the way up right up to the main E door. Mm. And, and and do you have experience of going to Waterford then for emergency? Uh, I would have been gone. To, I would have went to Waterford nearly. I say since I came down to Tipperary, I went about four times, five times. Right, and a completely different scenario. Oh, completely. It's down to management. It's down to r- r- structure. Hmm. Um, like the management needs to sit down and do a whole new situation here. Hmm. Like they have got rid of the the actual sign. You know this COVID sign on inside in Clanmel, away mm. from it completely, right? They should have got rid of the the whole thing inside in, in, in the A&E department uh, where they sign on another person as well. There's no privacy. Privacy is, is a big thing now. Yeah, and in fact, the INMO in their latest press release where they're talking about the fact that uh, for the second year in a row, uh, un- we have uh, broken uh, overcrowding records nationally as well. But they're making that point and they're saying patient dignity now completely compromised in over 80% of hospitals that have been yeah. inspected. So dignity is a huge, a huge big problem. Thing there. It's a big thing. Like I, I was in there because I had an injury on the 10th and I was in 
I'll buy my ambulance. I had to wait 15, 20 minutes just for minor injuries now, just minor injuries, 15, 20 minutes before I was actually taken off the stretcher and put onto a bed. Right, but that, I mean, that's very good when you consider uh, some of the stories we're hearing on this on this show. Like, uh, that's only minor injuries, but what, what, what would it be for the actual injuries? Say if we got a heart attack, how long would you be waiting? How long would you be waiting for a stroke? Yes. That's the question that has to be asked. Like it's, again, it's down to management. Now, I know that the, the situation with the UHL, I mean, the catchment area there is, is huge. I think it's about 400,000 people or something like that, you know. Like so. They're covering North Tipperary, Limerick, Claire. Claire, yeah, yeah. And it's, he's big. So, I mean, you know, we're probably not comparing like with like, so it's important just to put that in there for fairness too, I suppose. Like, well, Clonmel is covering nearly halfway down into Washford, mm. nearly a bit of Kilkenny, uh, uh, South Tipperary. Mm. Um, and you're well, you're blaming management for... It's down to management, yes. It's down to management. Yeah. It's down to management. You shouldn't have to... When you're going to A&E, you should be is being sent into triage within the first 15, 20 minutes. Mm. And then from there, sent up to either to a waiting room or a doctor will call you to have a look at it and they'll tell you is it, is it serious or not. If it's not serious, they'll put you back into the waiting room. Can you remember uh, back, because you, I know, I know you're, you're an awful lot younger than me, Noel, but can you remember back to when things were quite different in the health service? I'll give you an example. No, I'm I'm originally from, from Galway, right? Yeah. I went into Galway going back nearly a month ago. Now, I came up on the bus or the train to Galway. I was sent over on the bus to Galway into the U- University Hospital in Galway. I was seen straight away. And Galway's a big hospital now. Now, I know I'm taking, I'm not taking like for like. Mm. But Galway's a way bigger hospital. They're able, well able, again, they're well able to manage the A&E departments. Mm. Like, there was not, again, there was only about, i say, 15 if there were on corridors there. But you look at it, there's at least 40 in Clanmel mm. every time we go in. And, and every time you go in, you're telling me it's... But, it's nice. but i say eight times out of ten, it's always full, corridors are full. Right. Always full. Yeah, Which, it's... which again, privacy, privacy is, a, is a big thing. For anybody. Do you think twice before you present yourself at A&E? Do you... like, to be honest, my wife often says to me, do you want to go into A&E? I said, by God, no. I said, I don't want to go into A&E because you don't have privacy. Hmm. You don't have privacy. So You're do you, do you wait a bit too long at times? Do you, do you wait a bit too long at times before you go in? I mean... Well, to be honest, Jay, when when you're actually seeing what you see inside in corridors, people don't have privacy, they don't have dignity. Like, it's completely, doctors are talking to you on the corridor mm. where everyone is passing you up and passing down and you have no privacy, you have no dignity. Uh, it's completely it's mm. co- completely bizarre now. They should be able to bring uh, somewhere to a, to a consultant's room or something like that. Dr. Connor Reedy was making the point that, you know, that politicians, most politicians, are, are sort of silent on this. And I, I just made the rebuttal to him that maybe it's because, they, 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 you know, there's no answer to it. or there's no. What, what do you think of that? Do you think politicians should be more vocal they, on this? They, they should speak up and say, right, we're building on the hospital every year, year on year. Surely to God they have a room. As I said, 
no dignity, no privacy. Sure to go, year on year, they have one room to spare near the A&E department to bring a person in to talk to them about their, their, their diagnosis. They have no privacy. Yeah, and that, that, that's obviously of a big concern to that you. That is a big concern. Like, like I, I, I was waiting 40 minutes the other day to see a doctor. Now, I only had minor injuries. Like mm. I wasn't going to die. But the point I'm making is you, it's overcrowding. It's down to management. Mm. Now, I worked with the Red Cross years ago. I bought in patients. Now, nine to Clanmel, but in Galway. The most we were holding a patient on a stretcher with the Red Cross when we are doing transport is 15 minutes. Right. And that is now completely out the window. No, they have no, they have no respect for a patient anymore. All right, Noel. Well, we wish you and yours a, a happy Christmas, and thanks and very thank much for, for for coming on with me, and and good luck with the health as well. Thanks, Noel. Oh, thanks, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, and bye bye to you now. And that's uh, Noel speaking to us this morning. How do you feel about that? Oh, eight three three double one double three double one. Listener was on to say I disagree with uh, Dr. Connor Reedy saying that uh, saying that uh, Shamie Morris is the only counsellor that cares. Um, let me see. Lance more in on this. Um, I'm a bit tired of hearing how hospital work is a vocation. Management and staff are both milking the situation since COVID. Other countries have moved on. HSE, chaotic, crap management. Some nurses, doctors, admin getting extra pay allowances, overtime examples, saying overworked and overwhelmed, but objected to agency staff. Public stuck in the middle. Both groups manipulating figures and stats to suit themselves. Money is the main goal for both staff and management in most cases, uh, while healthcare is in chaos. Good God. And don't mention my name, it says here, for obvious reasons. So that's uh, that's an interesting take on this as well. Uh, David Doran was on to say, David's a frequent contributor to us here. Uh, he says, fair play to Conor Reedy and all he does. It's a shame that the Save Nina Hospital Group receives such poor political support. I have no doubt that it will be a big issue in the elections next year. There's no excuse to have Nina A&E closed while patients, many temporary patients, are treated to subhuman uh, levels with overcrowding etc in Limerick University Hospital and isn't it little wonder that things are getting worse when TDs are so blasé about our health service. And so how do you feel about that? We'd love to hear from you. 083 311 I'll leave you with Paul's comment. It's a simple comment. He says every county needs its own hospital. Alright, news and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. to the second hour of Tip today. Hello to Teresa Collins out there, Pordreau, who is celebrating her 60th birthday today. And there's all sorts of secret admirers out there, Teresa. So I hope you're going to be spoilt rotten and that you have a lovely birthday indeed. Now, are you looking for some last-minute inspiration for a gift this Christmas? Well, as you're well aware, we love a good book here on a Tip Today. So Ali headed to the Bookworm in Thurles for some recommendations from proprietor John Butler. We're in the 
final run up to Christmas with just a few days remaining and if anyone is stuck for present ideas you can never go wrong with a really good book and to give us some book recommendations for Christmas I'm delighted to be here in the bookworm in Perlis this morning and joined by John Butler John tell me some of the recommendations for for Christmas books because like I said you can never go wrong with a book as a present Morning Ali you can't go wrong with a book really you know for any age um you know, if if a, 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 if you're stuck for a last minute gift, can't think what to get somebody, whether it's somebody very young or or not so young, a book is always a good option. Um, you know, if you can keep young people reading, it it does them so much benefit for for all through their schooling and 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 on through college years. It's so good for them. Um, so of course, naturally, we're biased, but we'd always <laughs> recommend that included in their stocking is a book somewhere along the line. So they're like as usual at Christmas time. There are so many fabulous books and I think the quality of children's books, especially in the, in the production quality, you know, in, in terms of the colour and the, the covers, the, just the, the quality is absolutely superb. And that includes Irish published books, yeah. which is great to see, you know. So talk me through some of the ones that you're maybe recommending or showcasing for us today. Yeah, so um, just to say for some of the younger ones, um, Peter Donnelly has written a series of books based loosely on President and obviously Michael D. Higgins. It's it's kind of a, a caricature of, of President uh, Michael D. And the newest one from him is called The President's Dog. So it's a beautiful picture book. And the story is that the President has got lost on a hike and uh, we're... Uh, the dog is um, the hero in, in rescuing him. Yeah. So in it's a, but it's just a beautifully presented book, you know, suitable for ages kind of three to five, whether they're starting to read on their own or to be read to at at uh, bedtime. It really is beautiful and colourful, and any child, any young child would love that. The yeah, president's dog, yeah. yeah. Um, poetry is always popular with kids. Um, and there is a couple of um, lovely poetry books this, this year and this particular one is called Tread Softly, classic Irish poems for children. Again, a nice picture book format and the illustrations are really yeah, stunning in that and some well-known poems in it, you know, from Yeats, Oscar Wilde, um, who else is in it, James Joyce, Jonathan Swift. So a beautiful, like kids actually surprise us how much they, they, they love poetry because yeah. I think it's probably to do with the rhyming and the And their the, interpretation the of it is yeah. always interesting. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But another lovely one for, you know, from ages maybe four to six, Tread Softly, classic Irish poems for children. Yeah. Uh, the next one that I think a lot of people might be familiar with this series of books, they're the big ones, the great Irish book. We've had a few, one on history is one I That's right, told. yeah. There's been one on politics, one on yeah. farming, one on um, what else was there, science, weather. And the, the newest one then in that series is called The Great Irish Book of Gaelic Games, which obviously should be very popular yeah. around this neck of the woods. And again, it's done in the same format. Loads of information, loads of detail that you can dip in and out of. And these books kind of suit from from six to 16 because there's so much in them. So like if, if a child is doing a project in school or mm. doing something um, even or even just wants to, to build up their knowledge on yeah. whatever subject. But this is, as I said, the Gaelic Games one. And it's beautiful. It goes back in time to the start of the origins of hurling and football. Um, I'd read that one myself. Like that's the thing yeah. that anyone adults would get great yeah. um, uh, fun out of that. It's a lovely book, the great Irish book of Gaelic games. And then there's a similar one in the same type of large book format. I suppose it's an imitator. People are are beginning to to kind of copy that format. And this is the book of Irish sporting heroes, mm. which similar but it's uh, more general and different sports and different sporting heroes. 
you know, Roy Keane, Irish women's rugby, football, uh, hurling. So it does kind of cover a broad range of sports. Yeah. And again, a lovely book for Beautiful. up to, you know, maybe 12, 13. Yeah. Um, and then for the kids who kind of like to sit down with a book and read. Yeah. So, what, so, so your, your early readers, you know, uh, another Irish, a, a new Irish author, I suppose, but she's well known in, in sporting circles, Nina Carberry, the former jockey. And she has written a book called Ride to the Rescue. And obviously uh, uh, kind of a horsey story and always popular with that 78 age groups. Yeah. Horsey stories really uh, popular. And it's an easy read. So somebody building up their confidence reading, mm. it's a good option. Ride to the rescue. And it's beautifully presented a little hardback. Yeah. And then we have some of the kind of the, the usual the usual big stars, yeah. big names for Christmas. Uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, No Brainer. Uh, David Williams, Blunders is his new one. And then for slightly older readers, maybe something like Percy Jackson's new one. The Chalice of the Gods, Rick Reardon. Yeah. There's Percy. a few in that series, isn't there? Oh, there's a huge... There's, yeah. there's, he has three different series now at this stage. So this is his latest um, Percy Jackson and the Olympians series, The Chalice of the Gods. So always popular with kind of the 10 plus age group. The tweens. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Love, what else have you... I, one of my favourites, I always love a nice folklore book and there's no yeah, shortage so, of them. Uh, this one is Ellen Ryan. She um, had God's Dawn Cry last... or um, the title the last year's one has gone out of my head yeah. um, but this is her new book on Irish legends and and gods that might be not as well known as our usual legends like mm. Children of Lear and Salmon of Knowledge and beautifully presented again a big hardback Gods Don't Cry Unsung Stories of Ireland's Forgotten Immortals so that's telling us what it is yeah. and again suitable to be read to a, maybe a younger child but for an older child to read on, the, on their own you know up to 12, 14, that kind of age group. And kids love Irish legends. Yeah. You know, adults, yeah. we, we all love Irish legends. But it's a particularly nice gift. Um, another in the non-fiction area in a, in Elowna, well-known um, wildlife yeah. um, expert. And this book, again, is probably for ages seven plus. And it's all about the wildlife that's around us and from garden birds to to wildflowers, wild animals, animals and and birds and insects that you'd see every day. You know, ladybirds, um, your earthworms, your centipedes, your garden birds, flowers, fauna, butterflies, and it's a beautiful book. Yeah. It's called Wonders of the Wild. Great for anyone into nature. Yeah, then. absolutely. Yeah. And again, kids are are fascinated with nature, and, yeah. and it's a beautiful book. Another big popular one, I love him, Oliver Jeffers. Oliver Jeffers is another Irish author and illustrator and he really is brilliant. And this one, while it's a picture book that looks as if it's f a very simple book for a young child, it's actually, there's so much in it. It's, it's about the world around us and to be a bit more thoughtful about the world we live in. Uh, it's quite a long um, picture book, so it would suit kind of up to seven, eight age group but it's just the production is absolutely yeah. fabulous and they're always quite deep and meaningful they are and he, and he at the back of the book then he explains his whole ideas about the earth and I mean it's quite a long read yeah. you know even somebody into their young teens would, would uh, get a lot of enjoyment out of that beautifully produced it's called Begin Again you know how we got here and where we might go so he's kind of it's kind of his thoughts on the world and what we're doing wrong and maybe what we should be doing Right. Yeah. What have you next for us? Um, we can look at some adult books. Right. Um, and again, huge selection this year. Um, and again, an awful lot of 
great Irish published books. Yeah. Um, and if we just take a look at a selection of the yeah, kind of the we highlights. We were talking about this one before we start. I'm really looking forward to delving into this one, the Dear Gay book. Yeah, I mean, anyone who, uh, I suppose, remembers Gay Byrne and his radio programme especially remembers would remember the letters that Gay Byrne used to get, which were just, some of them were incredible letters, yeah. you know, and this is what the book contains is selections of letters that he received from readers and they've re- reproduce some of the letters in the book actually as they arrive so you have you have copies of the handwritten letters um, you know some of the ones that are so um, memorable like the, the stories of, of the young Anne Lovett that died in, in Longford mm. giving birth you know tragic stories an awful lot of uh, people reveal stories about themselves that yeah they didn't reveal to their closest, you know, they revealed it to Gay Byrne. It's an and amazing social snapshot of Ireland. Yeah, it's a social history of the time, yeah. you know, and how an awful lot has changed since. And he was probably responsible for yeah. starting an awful lot of that change. And it is a lovely book. It's beautifully presented again, a hardback. Um, Dear Gay, Letters to the Gay Byrne Show, A Handwritten History of Ireland, which is what it is, yeah. you know. And, it, you know, anyone who kind of would remember him yeah. will, will be interested in that. Absolutely. Um, another nice, nicely presented book, Anne Doyle's collection of, of ghost stories. Anne Doyle. Doyle. The former newsreader, yeah. yeah. So again, a nice hardback. And people do love ghost stories. Yeah. And these are from, she she has put a collection together from, from some very well-known people and then from some lesser lesser known. So you have Oscar Wilde, and you have WB Yeats, Bram Stoker, um, and then other names that might be as well-known. But a lovely collection of ghost stories, you know, yeah. perfect for a bit of uh, fireside reading over the Christmas, maybe. Yeah, lovely. Um, another book that's been doing very well is Katrina O'Sullivan's story called Poor, and probably people will be uh, familiar with uh, this story. She's been on uh, getting an awful lot of media attention. Um, so she came from a desperately poor background mm. with that involved abuse and, and desperate poverty. But she overcame it. I mean, she was pregnant at 15, but she overcame the poverty to become a professor in Trinity. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a book about beating the odds, you know, and, and achieving um, in, despite huge obstacles. Mm. Uh, Katrina Sullivan's poor. You know, a lot of people do like memoirs and, and, and uh, real-life stories, so that's, that's one we'd recommend. Yeah. Um, a couple of nice picture books as well. Um, and one we have to mention for the Local Connections yeah. Tour is Anna Purcell's book on hiking, The Hike Life. Beautiful book. It really is, yeah. Beautiful photography uh, with her, how many, 50 of her favourite hikes around yeah. the country. And like the, 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 the photography is stunning in Gorgeous. it. And she, she gives a description of the hike. It's not, it's not an overly technical book. I mean, it's yeah. not for a serious walker, but for people who are just interested in learning about some walks around the country, she d- splits it up into the four provinces um, and gives her favourites and, and uh, describes each walk. And, you know, lovely book for, for anyone who's maybe interested in the, in the outdoors. Yeah. Um, I suppose, especially appealing to younger people. Yeah. And, and that's her, her target market. And we have some signed copies there as well, because she was here signing uh, during the week. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else is there? A couple of other non-fiction, and I suppose we should mention a couple of local authors, uh, John Connors from Bursley. Yeah. He has published a new book on Dan Breen. I think he was on with Fran. Was, uh, yeah. yeah. And John, I mean, John is a great researcher and, and writer. And it's his take on, on Dan Breen's life, as he calls it, the man the, behind the myth. Mm. So Very different to any previous Dan Breen books. Yeah. I mean, Dan Breen's own story is probably the best known one, uh, My Fight for Irish Freedom. But, you know, a lot of people would feel that Breen 
glorified himself yeah. at the expense of a lot of others and, and, you know, a lot of others who maybe should have got, re- received more attention. And I think John, in this book, he he covers that. Yeah. And it's a very fair and... and the good, the bad uh, and the ugly, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So that's called Dan Breen, The Man Behind the Myth, Tipperary's Favourite Revolutionary. And another local book then is on um, the hurler, um, the Pat Stakelum, one yeah. of the famous um, Tipperary hurlers from the 50s and 60s. Pat won, I think, five All-Irelands. Noel Dundon did an amazing job. Noel Dundon did a fabulous job because, yeah. I mean, he, he, he basically wrote it in, in Pat's voice. And anyone who knew Pat, Pat was an absolute gentleman. Yeah. And uh, so that's Pat Stakelum's the, the Legend of the Ash by Noel Dundon and the Stakelum family. Lovely book, you know, and especially for anyone, you know, people who might remember um, Pat when he played, you know, pe- older people, um, because it's a very personal book, you yeah. know, very much a, uh, Pat's uh, own personal story. Um, so that's that. Uh, I suppose the fiction is always, uh, yeah, you know, important. Fiction, yeah, a good we? novel. And yeah. I suppose the, the two big ones, without a doubt, are the ones that were uh, shortlisted for the Booker Prize. And then, of course, Prophet Song by Paul Lynch won it. Yeah. So that has been absolutely flying. I mean, it's it, he, he's not an easy read, Okay. Paul Lynch. He's a fabulous writer, but his style is quite... Um, Cinematic, I suppose it's uh, he uses unusual. He's an unusual style of writing, but once you get into him and get into his train of thought, he's absolutely superb. Mm. Um, Prophet song, you know, uh, an absolute recommendation for 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 good readers. And likewise, the Beasting by uh, Paul Murray. Um, Paul Murray is a fabulous writer. He has a great kind of sense of humour and and uh, a black humour in his writing, and Beasting covers the adventures of uh, a family who are kind of th- at the tail end of the Celtic Tiger and things go it, kind of dysfunctional family. Um, shortlisted for the Booker. Shortlisted as well. Yeah. So it was incredible to have two Irish books in the in the in the in the shake up. Um, another, I suppose, a couple of other uh, novels that are doing very well. Marie Cassidy's Body yeah, of Truth. I've you know, a few the, times, yeah. the former uh, state uh, pathologist. And if anyone knows about uh, you know the 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 the, the gorier sides of of death and murder stories. She is the one, and that book has been you know absolutely flying. So that's a, a recommendation maybe for a, somebody who'd like a thriller, yeah. a good thriller. Um, what else? In terms of light reading, then for anyone who wants like a Daniel Steele or something of that kind of genre. Yeah, there are again plenty of Irish writers in that genre, and a lot of them writing, I suppose, writing thrillers, but not out and out. You know, they're they're not they're not your blood and guts. Um, like Sam Blake, um, Liz Nugent, her book, uh, the, the um, Strange Sally Diamond. That is a fabulous read. If, I mean, it's been out um, earlier since earlier in the year. But for anyone who wants a, a kind of a, a really original thriller, yeah. that's a great book. Um, then, in in general fiction, I suppose um, John Boyne's new book, uh, Water, has has got great reviews. And Claire Keegan really has been the outstanding um, author of the year, I'd say, for small things like this. And then her new uh, little novella, which has gone out of my head, but it's um, it, it, her books are short but powerful. Yeah, you know they're they're incredibly powerful. They're less than maybe a hundred pages long, but for for really good writing, she's really incredible. Yeah. Then. Another uh, big thriller is The Year of the Locust by Terry Hayes. 
he wrote a, a thriller called I Am Pilgrim, which was a huge success about 10 years ago, and people have been waiting for a follow-up to that, and it's finally come. And it is really good. It mightn't be quite as good as I Am Pilgrim, but it is, if you like, a big, uh, expansive thriller that covers continents and big, um, you know, it's actually quite topical when you consider what's going on at the yeah. moment because it covers a lot of those areas that... Uh, the current kind of conflicts are in, whether it's Ukraine or Pakistan and Iran, um, Afghanistan. It, he, he covers it all in this book. So a, a really good, uh, big thriller. Yeah. Finally, John, then for anyone who's coming to the bookworm, let us know what are you open then over Christmas so people can come? Yeah, well, we're open till Christmas Eve at five o'clock. Yeah, okay. well, every day. And then after Christmas, we'll be back open on the 28th, I think. Um, but yeah, we're here every day this week up to to five o'clock on, on Sunday evening so we'd be delighted to see anyone and uh, you know if anyone needs help in trying to pick out books we'd be yeah. delighted to do it and that's what you can't get online we have to people need to remember that yeah and especially you know for, for people trying to pick individual individual books for, for other people yeah. and you know books can always be exchanged there's never a problem so if you pick a book that somebody's got or somebody gets ends up getting two or three copies which happens there's no problem I mean we'd always exchange and, yeah. and uh, but yeah we'd be delighted to help pick out books for people well, thanks for having us and thanks for your book recommendations and happy Christmas thanks Ali many happy returns to you That's uh, Ali chatting there to John Butler of, uh, well, one of my favourite bookshops anyway, The Bookworm in Thurlis, and I hope you got some ideas from that. We're going to take a break. We're back with more in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie now, glad to be joined in the studio by uh, CEO of Marito 8020 in Clanmel, Muriel Cuddy is with me. And you're thrown us because you normally come in on a Thursday and it's all confusing now because you're with us on a Wednesday. I know, and I think it's a Thursday as well, but um, yeah. Know, yeah, but it's... it's not about health today and we're joined by Ali and by Emma as well. What, we're doing a quiz, aren't They're we? They're ecstatic, aren't they? Yes. faces. <laughs> They really want to do this. Yeah. They weren't well, blackmailed into there's it. There's wine at the end of it, so oh, okay. well, that's, yeah, that's we have okay. to see who will win. That's, yeah. that's okay. Tell us about the quiz anyway. What's happened? Okay, this so has become an annual thing. It now, has, and it? it's yeah. just it's a Christmas quiz, but it's different questions to last year because I think people are starting to get to know the answers of the questions I'm asking. So this year, let's see. You can okay. actually answer them at home. So we're literally, we'll start at you, Fran. Okay. And you literally get five seconds. You can't do an essay or anything like that right, after so you have to question. just answer, answer. You either answer or then you pass it if you can't answer. Okay, okay? very so, good. Yeah. And yeah. you say there's a there's a bottle of wine at the bottle end of wine, this? Bottle of wine, yeah. yeah. Okay. You can pick red or white. Right. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Off we should we... have it during it. Anyway, that'll be a good quiz. <laughs> you probably answer them quicker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> All right, so. Okay, you're starting. Yes. Which country first started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree? Uh, Germany. Well done, Fran. Wow. That's wow. after a roll. See? Uh, Emma, which popular Christmas beverage is also called milk punch? Eggnog. Well done. Mm. Um, <laughs> Ali, how many ghosts show up in a Christmas carol? Three. Four. Is it four? Mm. Ah. Ah. I'm down. Uh, Fran, what do people traditionally put on the top of their Christmas tree? Star. An angel. Okay. Well, I don't know, Muriel. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. These are fully researched, <laughs> okay. data-driven, all in, backed in up, everything. Words, yeah. So, yeah, we're not, yeah, not going to have a row. Yeah, so the next one then. Um, okay. Emma, um, you're next, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where was baby Jesus born? Bethlehem. Yeah. 
Just get an easy ones, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's too easy. How do you spell Jesus? That'll be your next one. Or Bethlehem. Yeah. What Hollywood actor played six different roles in the Polar Express, Ali? Tom Hanks. Ah, well done. Mm. Uh, Fran, what colour are mistletoe berries? Red. No, white. Oh. Yeah, yeah no, white. Right. Uh, which fairy tale was the first gingerbread house inspired by? Oh God. You're getting really easy ones. The gingerbread. Oh no, the Hans- is it the Hansel and Gretel? Yeah, we yeah. have to give her a first answer. <laughs> Muriel, you have to take no, a first answer. I said yeah, it. No, I said it. No, you have to give it to me. It's Christmas. it's Christmas. It's Christmas. And we can't have a row among ourselves here. Just Everybody will listening. get one pass. Okay. <laughs> so, oh no. Yeah. So that's hers, literally, right? right? Okay. Take a first answer. Okay. First answer from now on. Okay. So who invented the Christmas tree? Who, no, this what is country? Sally. Literally, what country? what country was the Christmas tree invented? Because you're never going to get who invented it. Austria. No, Germany. Oh, you're Germany, getting hard yeah. ones. Wow. Right, Fran, where did the tradition of Christmas stockings come from? What country is it? No, where, how did it start? Where? Yeah. Um, pass. Okay, Emma? I have to answer that one? Yeah. Well, Christmas stockings. Well, come you from. don't have to answer it. It's a pass. Like, you can decide to answer it or not. I'm how going did to it start? Say maybe where did it start? Spain? Where? Yeah. No. How did like yeah? How did it start really? Mm. Yeah. Oh, how did it start? I thought mm. you said where. Don't oh. know. So so. Okay, Ali. Uh, no, no. Okay. So according to tradition, the original Saint Nicholas put gold coins in stockings of the three poor si- poor sisters. Oh, oh that's yeah. true. Actually. I thought you were asking yes, where it was, and here's me naming out a country. Like yes, I know. You have but to you listen. See, you weren't listening <laughs> again. Yeah, you have to listen. Yes. like you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the next one. <laughs> I love the little dings that are being thrown in here. So Emma's it's next. A real girl again. thing. I'm isn't next it? again. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Emma. Sorry. Yeah. What is the traditional twelve days of Christmas? Don't on the th- first day of Christmas, <laughs> my tree. <laughs> I'm looking for the dates. Oh, it's from the. It starts from the 12th to 24th. No, actually, starts from the 26th. Would you believe to the 6th of January? Uh, really? Uh, yeah. I always thought when people give there away Christmas go. stuff, it's well, like. Well, I loved it when you burst yeah. into yeah. song. <laughs> you should have left her go for another one, yeah. shouldn't I? <laughs> Might get another one then before it's yeah. over. Okay, Ali. What was the coldest ever temperature recorded during a Christmas winter? Here, um, here, or the UK? It's all the one, really. Um. Minus two. What? Yeah. Definitely colder. Minus Just minus two in Anacarty in July. 27. <laughs> wow. I don't remember. When was that, Muriel? Oh, I'm not. I'm going to go ago. there now. Don't have <laughs> Mr. But then I'd question it. I don't have Mr. Google. But you're not allowed. This is data driven. I've all of this done from behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Number 14. What are the chances of white Christmas in the UK? Um, or Ireland, UK or Ireland. The chances. This is this year now. Ten percent, I would say. Yeah, you're actually right. Fran, are you reading yeah, answers on the screen? Yeah. I'm not reading answers on the screen. He's only got two right. He's three wrong, so he's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that'll bring him back. The, lo- the loyal people might be messaging in. <laughs> <laughs> From the, yeah, popping up in front. No, they're not. Um, no, they're not. Right, uh, Emma. How many Christmas trees are grown in Europe? Wow. Oh wow. No. I'm going to say. Six million? No. Or do we even more? Add a note onto that. Wow. 600 million. 60 million. Oh, 60 God, million. I'm, I'm, I'm half asleep here. Like, that's crazy. That's all right. I see. Um, Ali, how many years do Christmas trees grow before they're sold? Um, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I'd say 10. No, 15. Is it? All okay. the dendrophiles out there would know what that is. Uh huh. Dendrophile is someone that loves forestry. Very good. Yes. The next one then. Um, yeah, this is yours, Fran. Let's see. 
in Home Alone, where is the family going on holiday? <gasps> oh, just watched it last night. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> on an hour house around the clock at this time yeah. of the year. Right, go on, I go pass. New York. Ali? The first one or the second one? Um, it doesn't say. <laughs> okay, so the first one. First one, yeah. I watched the second one last night where they were they were going to Florida. I can't remember yeah, the first American, one. No, the first one was France. Ah, France. Mm. So, Fran, you got that wrong, didn't you? I we did. all got that wrong. We all did. <laughs> yeah. You're not picking up any passes? No. Yeah. No. Okay, so um, what will I do, do the next one? Yeah. Where does the word winter come from? This is Who's that, Emma? Emma? This, this is, is you, Emma. Emma. Yes. It, oh, no. I, I pass. I don't even know. Okay, lads. Don't know. I don't know. Okay, mm. so it comes from the winter Germanic winter, which in, in turn is derived from the word wet, which means water. So it's winter. So it's Very water. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's nice to know that one, isn't it? Beautiful. Lads, you're not getting any right. It's going to be handy <laughs> in the <laughs> pubs <laughs> later yeah. on. <laughs> okay, Ali, how many mince pies are eaten in the UK every year? Cheapers. This is a good one, actually, now if you can get this one right. It's a total guess. Um. 20 million. 800 million. Wow. Wow. 800, 800 million. million. Somebody getting wine because nobody winning that in here. Mm. Okay, yeah. so what king, Fran, was crowned on Christmas Day? Oh. Wenceslas. Well done. Yeah. Actually, King William I of England in 1066. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was good King Wenceslas. He just sort of. So oh. just to count up, like Fran has two, Emma has three, and Ali has one. It's okay. appalling. Yeah. How do you have more than me? Yeah, yeah. no, see? I mean, there has to be something oh, wrong with that. <laughs> okay, this and is you watched one. Home Alone last night. <laughs> <laughs> so is this, is this you, Emma? I think so, yeah. yeah. How many turkeys are eaten every year in Ireland and the UK? What jeepers. And the UK. Yeah, between the two. Okay, so if the mince pies one was pretty high, <laughs> that was 18. This is the way her mind works now, which is very worrying. One, five, four, three, two. 90 million? No, oh, this is a big one. I don't know. Ten million. Ten million. Ah. <laughs> it's not that much, isn't it? No, oh, I thought yeah, it'd be more. Thought it'd be more as well. Yeah. Okay, you're up next, Ali. Uh, traditionally, how long before Christmas should you start making Christmas cake? You have to get this one right. Yeah, you'd know. That. Oh, I but I don't make it. Is it um, five months? Two to three months, Ali. Seriously. Sorry. Oh, that would have and you're a chief baker, aren't yeah. you? Okay, Fran, you should get but this one. But she doesn't make Christmas cake, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, you have mothers and grandmothers. Yeah. How many gifts are there in the 12 Days of Christmas song? Um, oh. Da, 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 I, I, I don't know. Pass. You got it, Ali? I'm trying to think. Da, da. Oh. Thank you, Ali. four, three. No, I, I won't get there in She's time. She's counted on her fingers. Go yeah. on. 364. Ah. Uh, right. That's a tough one. Yeah. But you right. know it for the next day. I You're really killing us. <laughs> yeah. What's the best Christmas selling song? You have to know this, Emma. Fairy Tale of New York for this year, I'm going to say, because... No, the best no. ever Christmas oh, the, song. Oh, 50 million last copies. Christmas. No, Bill no. Crosby's uh, you're, just, oh, you're too young, you see. That's, yes. that's the problem. I would have said yeah. Mariah Carey. Would you have known that, Frank? Yes, I would. Okay. Yes, but you wouldn't pass, you see. Because um, I'm so young. Let's see, do you know this one? Okay. Uh, <laughs> which country is the most reindeer? Oh, I would say um, Greenland. No, southern uh, Norway. Oh, oh. yeah, mm. it's up that side, isn't it? But yeah, we're go we're going to make a burst of success. I'm, I'm, now. I'm, 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 okay. Okay. I'm really killing you. We're awful. Yeah. Yes, I know we're terrible. Um, okay, so you're not going to know this, Fran, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Thanks. 
It's awful, isn't it? That's terrible. What's the most fragrant real Christmas tree? You know the way you love the smell of a Christmas tree? The most fragrant real Christmas tree is it's Bruce? No, balsam fir. Oh, the old balsam fir. How did you not know that? You knew that, that, didn't you? How did I not know know that? I wouldn't mind we were chatting about it last night. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) While Home Alone was on. Um, Emma, which animal carried Mary before she gave birth to Jesus? You're getting too too easy. easy. That's Uh, too easy. Donkey. Donkey, yeah. She's she's getting away. It's her age. She's getting away with it. What's the name of the period leading up to Christmas? You should easily get this, Ali. Like Advent? Yes, well done. Okay. Okay. What oh, is the name of the shortest day of the year, Fran? Ah, uh, you oh, see, that's... that's uh, Fran, easy you know that. Uh, I don't, actually. You do. You do. Do I? Yeah. You do. How do I? Is it? I feel like I have the answer, but I don't think it's the answer. Shh. Go on, Fran. Uh, I don't know, pass. Oh, no, mine's going to sound stupid. It's, it's, it's winter solstice, yes. isn't it? Yes. Well, yeah. Oh, I'm right. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you wanted a date. Well, winter solstice well, that's the 21st. is the shortest day. That's literally what it is. Yeah. If you give me the 21st, I would have taken that. I doubted myself. Okay, so Emma, for an extra right. point, what's traditionally hidden in a Christmas pudding? Fran? No, no, it's Emma's. Oh, my God. Um, five, four, three, two. I don't know. One. You, you can pass. pass, you know. <laughs> pass? You can pass. Silver coins. Okay, what's the name of a male turkey, Ali? Oh, I don't know, pass. I don't know, is that a cock? That's a chicken. They're all the one. Uh, (laughs) Gobblers. 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 You can't be serious. You can't be serious. Gobblers. Gobblers. (laughs) Okay. That can't be right. Who's next? Is it? Told yeah, uh, data-driven. You're not allowed to question it. You're not. The stats right. are there. Okay. So, uh, Stalin is a famous cake from which oh. country? This is easy. Don't be looking at me. Pass it. This is, pass it. Who is this? You see, Emma. she pass. She, she won't give to. No. To, no. You know. To, yeah. She passed it. Go on. She passed it. Germany. Them. Yes. Well done. What yeah. is this with Germany? I love Germany a Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is done. Have Germany, you ever had one? It? No. Oh, I don't lovely. think so. So this is you, Ali. I just answered. Yeah, oh, but that was a pass. Do another one. All yeah. right, yeah. okay. So this is easy. You have to get this one. This is a catch-up. According to the song, what do you deck the holes with? Bows of holly. Yes. Ah, la 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 la. Yes. This is the way they fall. Don't sing it. Fran, this is your one. What sauce is traditionally served with Christmas pudding? Brandy sauce. Yes. See? Oh, we're on it now, Fran. the way they fall. We're on a roll now. Emma, you're going to get this one. Which film features the song Walking in the Air? Oh, she's too young. Oh. Come on. Walking in the air. Yeah, and I know the song. It's on every single Christmas. Drives me mad, this movie. Pass. Fran. No idea. The Snowman. Yes, well done. Yeah. Ali's getting them all now. Yeah, it's my time period. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in which US state would you find the town of Santa Claus? This is your state? Yeah. I'll go Pennsylvania. No. Indiana. Uh. Okay, um, this is easy. This is Good. easy. You've About got, time. You have to get this one. Mm-hmm. You can't, can't call yourself um, a radio presenter if you don't get this one. Okay, What's so. your pressure? <laughs> okay. What is the name of the carrot in the Aldi's Christmas advert? Oh, oh. Say that to me again. I know I this. Know bang the table. Give it to me. Stop banging the table. What is, what is the name of the... The carrot in Al- the Aldi Christmas advert. I have no idea. Oh, you have to know this. What's the name I of the guy? Keith Earle or who's to... Pass. Pass. Oh, pass. 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 Wait, Collins. who does it pass I have the answer. To? Wait, e, it's me wait. because I'm next. Okay. Automatically, Kevin. <laughs> well done. Kevin is the name of the carrot Everybody's in the shouting, Aldi. Yeah, everyone's yeah. shouting that at the radio. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you know, I thought I had no life, but really, you know the name of the carrot in the Aldi Because ad. it's on the Aldi ad every, like, five every minutes. minutes. Right. Let's not have a round now with, well, with people listening. he's singing and he's <laughs> yes. not sitting watching telly, so yeah. Um, Ali, this is probably a little bit harder. How many times does the number one appear in an advent calendar within with the 24 doors? With the 24 doors? Yeah. This is, no, sorry, this is Emma. No, no, Emma. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, it, it is. is. Emma. I beg your yeah. pardon, yeah, because oh. it was fast, yeah. How many times would the number one, one appear? appear? Yeah, no, you five seconds, so quickly. If you can't get it, pass. <laughs> pass. <laughs> Ten? Thirteen. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the most recorded Christmas song in history? This is your one. Song now. Oh. It doesn't have to be a carol, so I'm giving you a little, like, heads up there. Five. I'll four. pass to Fran. Three. White Christmas. Oh, Silent Night. Oh, Silent Night. Oh, and Jingle yeah, Bells. Yeah, wow. yeah. Lots of loads of X's here. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. Next one. So, when should Christmas decorations typically be taken down? Yeah, you're next. Um, be taken down. Yeah. Sixth uh, of yeah. January. Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah. I was hoping you'd get it See, wrong. it's the way they fall, like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, what words follow Silent Night in the song? Emma, you have to get this one. Holy right? Night. Yes. You, you Too easy. get really Too easy, easy ones. Really easy. What gift did the little drummer boy give to the newborn Christ? The little drummer boy? Yep. To the newborn Christ. These are great questions. It's a real level of learning. Is like. he there? I didn't see him He's in the crib. in the crib. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is brilliant. Little drummer boy. Face. I don't know. I pass. I don't know. Any idea, Fran? Uh, no idea. Just what you've done. He played a song on his drums. Oh, oh that must have been thrilling. Yeah. yeah. It's yes. that. As yeah. long as he didn't yeah. have a bar on. Okay, you have to get this one. Fran has to get this yes. one. Okay. Uh-huh. What was Frosty the Snowman's nose made of? What was his nose made of? Sing the song. Frosty. <laughs> I have no idea. Pass. If you sing it, you sing Come it. Come on. You have to get it. I Fran. know this. On, Pass wouldn't. then. Okay. okay. A button. Yes. A button. Yeah. A button. Okay. Well a button nose. Yeah. Is Emma yeah. winning this by any chance? Yes. That can't oh, be. I'm not even going to happened to us. <laughs> The shame. Okay, oh, the Emma. Shame. In what month does the Christmas living, what does the country living Christmas fair, all the Christmas fairs really traditionally take place? When did they start? What date? I what would, month? I feel like it's November. Yeah, well done. She's got an easy one, so lads. That's, that's yeah. not yeah. fair. You're doing well, though. You're doing yeah. great. Yeah. So you need me on your team now for the next one. So that's really bad. Yeah. Well done, Ali. Right, the next one. What is the traditional Christmas meal eaten in Japan? We had this last year, so you definitely know this, Fran. It's your goal, is no, that? No, 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 it's, it's you, true, Ali. It's yeah. You don't know past What is the traditional Christmas, Christmas meal? meal eaten in Japan? This you don't know? No. I, um, I would say dumplings. No. Do you not remember this from last year? No, I don't remember what Yeah, I don't remember this question at all. KFC. Oh, You're joking. Yeah. Yes, do you remember that? Really? That's right, yeah. yeah. That's right, wow. yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know if you get this one or this not, but anyway, is let it? me see. Yeah. yeah, this is you. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the name of, of the Grinch's dog? Oh. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I didn't even know the Grinch had a blooming dog. Um, pass. <laughs> Nobody's watching movies. Come on, I don't know this one. I don't. I can't think of it. Hello, Max. Oh. Okay. Oh, Max. Yeah. Let's see. So, name a tree, Emma, that mistletoe grows on. And you can name, there's four trees, so you only have to name one. I didn't know that. Oh my God, okay. Um, the holly tree? No. No? So you have the hawthorn, lime, poplar or apple tree. It's actually four that mistletoe God grows above. on. Okay. Oh, poplar as well. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Okay. It's interesting, isn't it? Okay, you're up next, Daddy. 
Uh, what Christmas decoration was originally made from strands of silver? Tinsel? Yes, well done, that was easy. Good woman. Um, in folklore, which horned figure punished, punishes badly behaved children at Christmas? The, this is in folklore, so this is like... The unicorn? No, Kramp- Krampus. Think about Krampus in the... <laughs> no. Where did you get oh, this stuff, for God's sake? Krampus. You're doing I so badly, you really are. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Muriel. Thank you for that. Okay, so we're You're not on. allowed to do commentary, She's you know that. She's actually getting very simple ones. I know that, yeah. What, Which what festive suite resembles a sheriff's, sheriff's staff? I wouldn't say that's... It's really easy. Think oh, my God. Um, the. Oh, I have the word. It's a... It's a cane. Yes, a candy cane. Yeah, yeah. well done. <laughs> I was here trying to get an easy one. Okay, the next one. You should easily get this, Ali. Which real life department store was Miracle on 34th Street filmed in? Oh. Pass it. Somebody knows it. You I'll need pass. to give more than Macy's. Yes, well done. Oh, well done, Fran. Okay, Fran. So the next one is you, 59. Okay. Who sings the first line in the 1984 Band Aid single, Do They Know It's Christmas? Oh. Great question. The first line. Now, Fran, you should know this. It's I, Christmas time. Um, Back to the 80s. Long hair. I don't know. And Ali Long knows. Hair. Do you know, Ali? Oh, pa- pass. Pass. Long hair. Is it your man from... from no, I'm not allowed to say. Uh, unless I'm going to... Do it's be- not Paul Simon. Or not Paul Simon. What's his name? Oh, the black hair. I can give it to you because I gave Emma one. Paul Young. Paul Young. Yeah, wow. I can give it to her because I gave well you a kind done. of wishy washy well one. Well done, Ali. Well okay. okay. So, who's what, next? Uh, Emma. Emma. What was Scrooge's first name in the Charles Dickens oh. Christmas Carol? You have to get this one. Oh, I know this. I don't know this. Pass it? Yeah. Okay, so who's going to shake it? Fran, you want it, do you? you no, take, no, no, go Do on. you have the Ebenezer? Ebenezer. Yeah. Well so done. I'll give you half a point yeah. each. Oh, lovely. Yeah, we'll take it. That's fair. Fran enough. didn't even mention that. That did might you? work at the end. He knew it. He knew it. You knew it, but you didn't say it out loud. He was being nice. Yeah. Go on. Who plays the British Prime Minister in Love Actually? Ali. Oh, this is Hugh Grant. Yes, well done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm nearly afraid to look at look at these yeah, questions. I, I'm afraid of what you're so going to come up with. What well-known Christmas carol became the first song ever broadcast from space in 1965? Oh my gosh! With this last year and the year before. From space in a Christmas carol. Yeah, first song ever broadcast from space in what, 1965. Heart there. Think of think of a Christmas carol like one that's played all the time. All the kids do it. Jingle, Jingle bells. bells. Yes. All right, okay. I should get half point for that because I said that as well. No, you just, cut across. Just stay, yeah. stay, stay quiet. You did yeah, what you, you usually you cut do. Across. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So, true or false, um, Emma? Christmas crackers were invented by a London sweet maker called Tom Smith. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah, well done. That was just an easy one. <laughs> okay. just, I mean, what is this? Is this? What colour was Elvis's Christmas in the famous song? That's easy, Ali. Before my time, Muriel. Is it blue? Yes. Mm. Well done, okay. see? Well done you. Well it's before done. my time too, but do you know the way it just kind, I of, stays, kind of stays in there, right? Okay, One so. of our listeners is wondering, where did Muriel get those questions that should be on Mastermind? <laughs> 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 We're just trying to bring the level to the next level, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so the Who's next, next one. Fran. Um, you're next, Fran, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know, I'll ask you that one. Oh, no, absolutely one. do ask Will it. I? Yeah. yeah. It's a very hard one, though. Okay. Doing Christmas... <laughs> During which Christmas activity sends roughly 15,000 Americans to A&E every year? Wow. During which? Eating Christmas dinner? No, think of an activity. An so activity. think of an activity. What would you be doing? Picture Americans, every single American movie. What do they do outside their houses and inside? Emma, put your hand put, down. Putting up lights. 
decorations. Yes. Decorations. Yay. Yeah, well done. Sorry, Emma. Oh. <laughs> You're not going to get this one, but I'm going to ask you. Okay. Go on. So, so. mistletoe literally translates from Anglo-Saxon as to what on a stick? <laughs> think of the funniest thing you can think of. Yeah. This is silly. Kisses on a stick. Oh, that's, that's a sweet. nice one. Though. That's very sweet. Yeah. It's actually so lucky. Yeah, you kiss someone on a stick. It's actually poo. Yeah. Oh, okay. on a stick. Dung mm. on a stick. Yeah. Love Dung it. or poo on a stick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so that's sweeter. Yeah. Right. Okay. So well, Ali. Two minutes to go. Okay. Yeah. So in which modern day country was Saint Nicholas born? What she Brazil watching oh. this the other day. It's, it's, um, it's, Lit, um, no, Liechtenstein. No. Well, do you want to pass? Don't pass. I'll pass. It was Turkey. Yes, well done. Oh. See? Well done. No, he's just Probably coming to life now, Thomas, just as we're Thomas getting to the end. told me uh, okay. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Donald Trump makes a cameo movie. This is you, Fran. Mm. Which Christmas film? I watched it last night, Fran. Pass. No, she watched it last night, Fran. Oh, Home Alone yeah. too. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. Okay, quickly now. In, Chris, in the Christmas Carol, the 12 days of Christmas, what gift is offered on the seventh day? Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> Pass. I wish people could see you now. <laughs> I don't, I can't think. Pass. Pass. Swans. Yes, well done. Seven swans. Emma, they're catching up and passing oh, out. No. They're passing out. Okay, um, Ali. Let's do buzz around for now for yeah. the last minute. In the movie, yes. It's a wonderful life. What happens every time a bell rang? An angel gets its wings. Yes, well done. <laughs> it's coming to life. What's the name of the main villain in The Night Before Christmas? Uh, me, Jack. No, Oogie Boogie. Oh. Come on, lads, everyone else. Yeah. What does Noel mean in Latin? Um, night. No, birth. No. What? Birth. I thought birth. it was yeah. oh. The okay. official record for the tallest snowman is held in the US town of um, Maine. To, how t- to the nearest 10 foot, how tall was it? So eight. 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 I eight said zero. nearest 10 foot. 8 0. 9.5. Give a number. <laughs> I don't even know. Nearest 10. Nearest 10. 120. 120. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. One, one more buzzer and one then we're more. done. This is the very last one. Okay. Right. Uh, which pop song has won the Christmas singles chart number one twice. Last Christmas. Brian Carey. No, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh, very good. Yeah. So, so, okay, so, so who, who won? won? Okay, Should we, we, we had a late resurgence. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So yeah. Fran got nine. Well done. Nine and a half. Well yeah. done. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Emma got eleven. Woo! Wow. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven and a half. Oh. Oh. The half actually won it. Oh well my god! You. I redeemed half myself. Actually won it. Well That's excellent. You. So you, you, you actually got about thirty-three out of a hundred questions. That was very okay, poor, that's wasn't it? wasn't great the questions were hard yeah. they were hard they were, yeah. hard, they were yeah. very hard Yeah, they one were. listener said it was like listening to the mastermind so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what didn't everybody learn something we did. we did so like that's <laughs> the school day Muriel yeah, that's right. very yeah. good when is Marito back opening again uh, 2nd of January, yeah. all right. Well, we wish you well and thanks for all the great contributions during the year. Happy yes, Christmas to yes. you and all, all of the team. Thanks for that, Muriel. Uh, news and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to the uh, final hour of Tip Today. Barry was on to say, like uh, Larry Gogan used to say, Fran, the questions just didn't suit you. <laughs> that's, that's for certain. Um, oh, wait. Three three double one double three double 
one, by the way, if you do have a gardening query and uh, if you get it in to us and we'll be talking about gardening towards the end of the programme. But right now, delighted to, to be joined by our Nina-based psychotherapist, Joanna's Berkeley. Good morning to you, Joanna's. Good morning, Fran. You brought me a lot of joy there. I was listening to you getting stuck on the question and I was very glad I wasn't in the quiz. <laughs> yeah, it was much too hard for Christmas, God knows. Um, I know. We, we keep hearing... I learned a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, though, what I learned. <laughs> Story of my life, Joannes. Um You know, the songs... too long, Fred. The, the songs say it's a wonderful time of year. It's certainly a stressful time of year, isn't it? Christmas time, you know, I was. I say this people all the time. I've been saying it for the last 20 years. Harvard University in Boston did a study on the highest stressors in life and the first is bereavement or loss. Mm. And that can be loss of a relationship. The second is moving house because mm. everything you touch has memories and you're getting triggered. And the third is Christmas. Is it indeed? Wow. And I think if if listeners just heard that today and they're kind of starting to climb the walls, they'll go, well, Harvard University said it's the third highest stressor. Yeah, and, and, just, and is it fair to say, Joanna, that it's far more stressful for women, I would imagine? Well, it is because women are traditionally known as the homemakers. Mm. And we have this idea of ho, 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 and the Walton family mm. and the Christmas tree just kind of arrives in with all the lights working on it and everybody is smiling and the dog is sitting underneath it and wagging the tail and the kids are... And, it's, and you know, there's a glass of sherry or there's mm. always alcohol and food. And it's just given this persona of everything is perfect and it's so far from it that it's, it's not the truth. And we're, like, the, every ad is marketing all this mm. kind of yeah. fantasy of, you know, happy heterosexual couples having two kids and a dog and a cat and a table laden with food, no financial pressure, no pressure of performing, no family triggers mm. and no triggers with alcohol. Yes, and, and no sense of loss, I suppose. Because and no we, sense yeah, of loss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I've been at a few curl recitals this year and I lost my father over 30 years ago and I still have that ache in me at Christmas. God, yeah. it would be just great. You know, and I mm. remember every year he got socks, you know. Um, <laughs> yes. But it's it's a time of remembering other times as well. And it's, you know, it, because it's the same thing every year. It's like birthdays can be very stressful because you're a year older and you're looking back on other birthdays. You're always looking back on Christmas and every year there's a loss. Of course, yes. And from your experience, how can we deal with the stress or, you know, just, just contain the stress in some way, Joanna? Drop the expectations is the first thing. Hmm. Drop them, drop them. It's not reality. It's not the truth the Waltons you're looking at and all the TV Christmas movies they're great they're blank out but they're not reality and you're not going to create them and go after moments like little moments I got up this morning I was going out to the car coming into my rooms here in town and there was this beautiful breeze now it's windy and mm. <laughs> raining now 
but there was a bird singing and just stopping for a moment like that and going, that little bird is still singing and we're in the middle of December. I've roses in the garden still and I just looked at them, you know, taking in moments of pleasure. Mm. And the other thing that really helps and however stressed you are or difficult it is, you know, reach out to somebody else mm. because people, I, I get so frustrated by it. They go, oh, it doesn't feel like Christmas. But Christmas actually is a time of giving and considering others. So just reach out, give to somebody. And I don't mean money, even a smile on the street. Yes. And just see what happens. Start focusing instead of focusing inward and on yourself and on your family of what you have and especially what you haven't because so many times we're looking at what's the lack rather mm. than the abundance that we all have. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and reach out to people. And what you did where, you know, recognising that the bird was there singing or the roses in the garden, I mean, that is mindfulness at its best because that's living in the moment, isn't it? Appreciating it is, what's yeah. happening in the moment. But so many times when we're not living in the moment, we're denying ourselves the pleasure of the moment that we're in and um, yeah. the joy that's available to us. Or, you know, if it's somebody in the gym or in the swimming pool and just chatting, you know. Mm. It's, it's very little what's needed. It's amazing. But if you reflect on even if you're driving and somebody, you know, lets you out mm. and you wave at them and they wave at you and they smile at you, like what happens in you when you receive that? Mm. So if we can consider what the impact it has on us when people show compassion and kindness and thoughtfulness to us, start passing that on, pass that on to others. Yeah. And are we losing some of that, do you think, Joanne? We are, yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. And we have this expectation that when people say, oh, it doesn't feel like Christmas, we're expecting kind of somebody to give us something instead of create it ourselves. And that's the truth. We could talk about this in April, October, February, any month of the year, mm. that we're looking outside of ourselves for what we can actually create within us. And as long mm. as we're looking outside of ourselves, we're never going to get it. And it's very difficult to get away from it, though, because as you say, I mean, from about November, we're bombarded mm. with the images bombarded. that you made reference to and the expectations and the mm -hmm. obligations and all of these kind of things. Yeah, and also that, <clears throat> well, first of all, I just mused um, adverts on TV because they have studied the human psyche so much and are marketing you know, that people's need for more and people's need for connection and calm and peace. And they're they're really pushing that on you. So mute the ads. Is the, it helps a lot, actually. Yeah, and even those ads on TV that, you know, that they, they, they try and pluck at the heartstrings and all of that kind of thing with the, the sob sigh music and one thing and all. Mm. Even those, would you be... I mute them all. You mute them. <laughs> because even... Yeah, because mm. they're all trying to get you feeling that you need to get more to achieve what they're presenting. Happiness, yes. Happiness. Yeah. And uh, the truth is, if you go to a nursing home and you go around and you just 
visit people and sit with them, even strangers, and you don't know them and just talk or, you know, go mm. in nest with staff who doesn't get visitors and sit and talk for a minute or sing a song or do something. Mm. What, a, what, a gift. what a gift that would it. be. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. And then the other side of it is we're back to our family of origin. And our family of origin has major triggers for us because if parents are dead or alive, there's always that sibling rivalry of mm. the affection of mammy or daddy or mammy and mammy or daddy and daddy, whatever it is. It's, there's always that need to be seen to be good and be seen to fit in and get approval. And that doesn't happen. Yeah, you, know, you, you spoke to me about this before, and, yeah, and it, re- it really came home to me. <laughs> it's that, still going on, that, friend. <laughs> yeah, but that we revert back to oh, yeah. who we were as as kids yeah. almost, even though we're adults yeah. when we go back home, yeah. Yeah, but Christmas evolved. I was in a nursing home recently, and Santi came in, and everybody was going, oh, Santi, Santi. <laughs> everybody was over the age of 50, let's right. say. Yes, yes. Except some of the staff. Yeah, and like we revert, Christmas evokes that child likeness within us, and then we go home and we visit home, and Daddy is gruff, and he looks at you and he goes, "You've put on weight," or, or Mammy says, "What have you done to your hair?" And she doesn't say whether it's good or bad, and and you hear it as criticism, and you hear it as I'm not good yeah. enough, and then you, and then you put drink in on that, and then you sit down and you watch happy movies ho, 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 and everybody loving everybody and finding the true love of their life. And you're there feeling trapped and obliged to be there. And then you're, if you leave, you're going back to probably a flat where you're isolated and you don't have connections or you have had a breakup relationship. So there's so many mm. dimensions to Christmas that isn't included in the, the picture of of what is being of presented. Of course, yes. So you mentioned to us then, you know, be careful about expectations. What what else to to get over the the period and, and to enjoy it, I suppose, Joannes? I think drop the expectations. If you're going back to your family of origin, make sure you stay connected to your friends and your other acquaintances and circles. Mm, yeah. Go for walks, get out. Be careful around alcohol. It's part, it's almost like as if it's a given of Christmas, but just be careful around it because it tr- it's a drug and it triggers emotions mm. and it can trigger, you know, frustration and anger and aloneness and paranoia. So just and anxiety. So just be careful around that. You know, mm. just cut it back. There's, if you want to drink, there's other times to celebrate and drink. Mm. And um. You know, just know that the child in you is evoked at Christmas. Yes. And that there's a younger, vulnerable part of yourself in action. And know that we have enough. We are enough. You know, and we're enough for one another. Mm. We don't have to get it all done. It's, it's, think of it as a Christmas time where everything stops. And yet it's beautiful to put up light because the days are so dark and Mm. grey and we're coming into the winter solstice now. So the lights are lovely. But just, you know, enjoy those aspects of it. And when you meet somebody, pause and meet them. Meet them in the here and now rather than 
rushing and fussing, thinking you need to do more. You don't. And I was struck by a letter we got into our, our agony aunt slot a few weeks ago, and it was a mum who felt guilty because, you know, because budgets are tight, she couldn't sort of give the kids the Santa experience of going to these these venues and stuff and, you know, paying for Santa and all of that sort of thing. But she felt guilty uh, about that. And that was, you know, it was giving her grief in her in her head. What, mm. what do you say to, to parents who are in those situations, Joanna's? I just, it's, we're back again at expectations. Yeah. You know, drop the expectations. There's Santis in every shopping centre in Ireland at the moment. You mm. know, you can go in and, you know, there's Santis on the street corners. You know, it doesn't have to be extravagant. You just give her kid the time or, or or start drawing pictures of Santi or start doing other things or, or create a Santi out of cotton wool and red paint and start playing with the whole creativity mm. of it. You know, she's a good enough mother. She doesn't need to do all these things. Kids don't remember them. And anyway, Fran, you know what I think about all of that. Mm. <laughs> we had a private yeah. conversation about the whole sense you think yeah you know yeah it's, um, but, it's, but there, there is that pressure there though Joanna's you know it is because you know. you're comparing yourself to well, exactly and you hit the nail on the head because no. the mother said she was looking on social media platforms and she saw all these pictures of these kids all in these wonderful situations and that's why she felt bad you know yeah and we have talked about this you and I that comparison is the thief yeah. of joy yeah it robs you of joy when you start comparing yourself. And social media, I often say, you know, people say, oh, I see your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your cousin, and they're doing great, or they're really successful. And I say, well, they have a good Facebook life, haven't they? Mm. And I always say it with the sarcasm I'm saying it with, because what people are portraying on Instagram and Facebook and all the social media platforms is, is what they want to be seen as. It mightn't be the truth at all. Yeah, and you're so right. The kids, they won't remember the gifts, but they no. will remember the experiences, mm-hmm. you know, of time with the parents, time out, you know, all of these kind of things. And yeah. yeah. Often, like, I look back on my, you know, my childhood, and I remember we had no electricity, and we had a stove. So um, other neighbours had electric stoves, mm. but we had them. Um, solid fuel. Mm. So people came and they put in a goose into it and we had all this food and then they all ate it in our house because you know, and it was just so lovely and somebody else boiled potatoes and had potatoes and we heated that up in a frying pan and because there wasn't enough rings and it was just so lovely. And they're they're the memories that you've hung on to. Mm. And they're the memories I hung on to. And I know I've worked, um, I've, you know, nieces, nephews and stuff like that. And those kids, and they only met me in, in town a few weeks ago. And they said, I remember you came out and we went to the woods and we found this branch that was there and we came back and we sprayed it um, gold. And then we all made things and made letters for our name and we hung it up. And they still have that branch. Wow. And I'm talking 12 years later. But they remember the walk in the woods and the branch and, you know, like, so the simple stuff. Do they remember going to an extravagant place to see yes. Santa? No. Or queuing up for an hour. Or, or queuing sitting up in the for car. Hours. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Less is more. Less is more. Less is more. Keep it simple. Keep it, you know, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. But be kind to yourself first. We are enough. We have enough. Oh. Well, they're, they're, they're lovely thoughts as always, Joanna's. And can I wish you and your your family a very happy Christmas, Joanna's. And, and uh, you too, friend. I'm lo- lovely to, to hear your voice. Nina. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Joanna's. Looking forward to yes. it in 2024. I don't like these phone calls, but we're not doing too bad. <laughs> we're not doing too bad at all. You look after yourself, Joanna's. Thank you and, and happy you Christmas. And you too, friend. Bye-bye, happy daughter. Christmas to everybody at Tip FM. It's bye. great. It's the work you do. Bye. Uh, thank you, and bye-bye to you now. That's lovely, Joanna's Berkeley there, our, our Nina-based uh, psychotherapist, uh, 1800-938-007. Patrick says Joanna's is right. Um, pay it forward. It always uh, works for somebody else. Um, I totally agree with Joanna's. I'm blessed to have my family and I thank God for the food on the table. I still find Christmas difficult, although my parents have long since passed. I miss them dreadfully at Christmas. Happy Christmas to everybody on the show, says a listener. Um, happy Christmas to my husband, Matty of Cormac Drive in Nina. Lots of love. And that comes in from wife Valerie. And happy birthday to my uncle, Matty, as well. Lots of love and kisses. And, uh, okay, that comes in from Breda, Lisa and Patrick in Thurlis. All right, we'll take a break. Back with more in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie received uh, national acclaim in recent years and uh, the Nina Christmas Tractors event will uh, happen this coming Saturday the 23rd of December at 6pm and uh, organiser Albert Purcell joins me now. Albert good morning to you. Good morning Fran, am I coming through loud and clear? You're coming through loud and clear, we can hear you it's fine, a, not a bother it's Albert. Amazing. It's amazing we can get you up here in the North Pole, it'll just tell you what your listenership is like Fran, <laughs> that we can get you up here far and wide. Well we're delighted. You're coming through very clear, which is good. Delighted to hear it Albert. What can people expect uh, on uh, this coming Saturday? That's funny enough, I just want to wish you a happy Christmas, Emma Alley, all at Tip FM, but Joanna's Berkeley, I was listening to her beforehand, yeah. she mentioned a word about connection. Yeah. And she went, mentioned the word create. And definitely on Saturday and Nina, we're going to connect to people. As a good friend of yours, Dr. Pat Harrell, said after the first year, that the memories we've created for the kids in years to come, when they're abroad, they'll always remember Nina. That was the first year. And not, not getting too emotional or too um, personal. I had a bereavement this year in the family. I know your son is in Australia. My son is in Canada. You know, but what we're trying to bring back to Nina and with, with social media and that, they can watch it. And we're, we're, you know, and what we get out of it is messages from abroad after the parade. That's my town or that's my county. And that's what we bring to Nina. What people can expect is a magical lighting extravaganza. That's what I can say. Mm. And it's kicking off, I think, at 6 p.m. But, but there's, there's all sorts of stuff happening right throughout the day, I think, Albert, as well. There is. From, from 9 in the morning, we have our Christmas shop opening, opened. We, we were, we're selling, say, kids' hoodies and kids' hats with mm. Christmas decorations, Christmas lights. We have our five thousand euro raffle. Michael Cleary, I have to give a plug there to like just get, you know that gave us a bird gold cart and and um, a lot of businesses you know a lot of prizes and that to the value of five thousand. Then we have a fun fair from one o'clock down in the railway station, and a new addition this year is the snow globe where you actually get into the globe. The snow is blowing away. You can take photographs. We have the Disney characters down there. We have free Polo Express train ride. 
We have Christmas music and all day Christmas market. There's a lot going on, Fran. It's a, it sounds absolutely fantastic. And uh, of course, if fundraising as well is vitally important, Albert. Yeah, this year we're again with the A team, the youth club for the autistic uh, kids, yeah. not only in Nina, not Tipperary, wider spread, and of course Billy Goulding, who you know yourself personally, yes, of yes. and uh, we're, we're proudly proudly supporting those those two charities, which is great fun. It's marvelous. Now, at six o'clock, then the tractor uh, run itself. Uh, have you the the map made out for it? Do you know what what the route we is going to be? We have This year we've made the route a bit longer. We're coming in. It's the agricultural contractors. I have to pay praise to them like it's all their own time they're all they're all their own energy all their own expense but we're coming in from the countryside from Liffey Mills at half five that's not open to the general public yeah. and if you give the opportunities for the they're not so young and they, they, they're really young if they want to park along the old Dublin road and we're coming in um, Nina there McDonough Street that's up the Dublin road we turn left down the full length of Pier Street we have a few surprises in the parade on the streets there during the parade down Kenyon Street up Stafford Street, we finish in the mart and it'll give the crowd, if they want to come in, to see the machinery up close and personally and meet the, meet the drivers, you know. It's great. I think you're going to have music in in the mart there as well. Are you at the end of the, the event? No, I tell you, we have music outside the Bank of Ireland all afternoon and then uh, there's, a, there's a small little surprise during the parade which will oh, involve right. a bit of music, music yes. fun, yes. Yeah, very yeah. good, very good indeed. So anywhere along that route would be a good spot for people to, to have a look at what's yeah, going on. Yeah, there's plenty of areas there and as I say, the opportunity, like a lot of people, you know, would ring up about they'd have elderly people and then they'd have younger kids and, uh, you know, that mightn't be able for the crowds or the noise or, you know, the, the hustle and bustle but I do encourage people to get into the town because, you know, to, to create that atmosphere for themselves and also for the drivers, you know, and for Mickey and Minnie, of course. Of course. And for your, your very close dear friend, Johnny Luby. <laughs> oh, my God. He's going to be there in, in, in full gown. And, and Well, I'll let you into the secret because I know you won't tell anyone. The new float this year is the gingerbread house. There's a chimney in it. There's a debate among the, the drivers whether we'll put him upright <laughs> or, or, the, or legs legs first or legs second. I don't know which way, but he will be up the chimney, you know. So, but don't say a word to him at all. It'll be, a, will, it'll will, be between you and me. Will you keep him there if you possibly can, Albert? That's what I was... Uh, last year you were talking about his lingerie, but this year I don't know what we'll be talking about. It would, it, 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 I tell you, it would be an easy for the way he treats you at times, you know. It would be Oh, you you were so you were so right about that. Now, last well, the last couple of times, indeed. I mean, national acclaim coverage on on national TV and the, the like as well, Albert. So what are you expecting this time? Well, forget about national TV. The most important thing to us, and I'm not blowing smoke up your chimney. Um, Tip FM have been very good to us. It's local, and being being honest about it. Any time I come off the radio, the messages I get on the phone, it's unbelievable the, the reaction we get from TIFF of them. OK, we've had RT down, we've been on the news, we've been on the 6 o'clock and the 9 o'clock news, and we, we only did a piece there this morning for Ireland AM. It's all very good, but we'll never forget our roots now, Fran. Yeah, well, thank you, and we're, we're delighted to be involved with Santa, you all. Santi is actually smiling at me. I'm here beside <laughs> him in the North Pole. What's well, the weather like down there with you, Fran? The, it's kind of chilly this morning, but would you tell Santa, I've been a very good boy. Now, I can't speak for Emma and Ali. I think that they were naughty a little bit during the year, but I, I need to be looked after this year. So. Well, I, I, the only name I saw crossed off, uh, Emma and Ali are on the good list. Luby is off. Oh, Luby is gone. Yeah. Definitely, definitely and, gone. Definitely and, gone. And rightly so, indeed. Albert, congratulations to you and your team and all the wonderful work. And uh, thanks for Brian, coming on with us. Thanks, thanks to you again, Emma and Ali, all at Tip FM and, and Jimmy Finn. And I suppose I better mention Eamon, Eamon O'Dwyer as of well, course. you know, because he's... 
he gets there. But it will snow on Nina Fran. Get there early, and we look forward to meeting everyone. All we want is bring people, bring the, bring a smile to your face. That's all you need to bring to Nina. That's it. All right. Albert, you look after you, and thanks very much for coming on with us. Thanks, Albert. Fran, thanks a lot. God bless. Bye-bye, Have Gina. Bye-bye. That is the amazing... Uh, Albert Purcell speaking to us there about what's happening in Nina this coming Saturday. So right throughout the day, but if the tractors are of uh, particular interest to, to you, that starts off at about six o'clock and all along the route there that Albert uh, mentioned, lots of entertainment, lots of crack and indeed lots of surprises as well. Now, as Pat told you during news speaking at a meeting of the policing authority yesterday, the commissioner uh, Drew Harris said that the Gardaí had received no official notification about the plan to accommodate asylum seekers at that disused hotel in Galway which was subsequently uh, burnt out. Uh, Fianna Fáil Councillor Noel Thomas broke ranks with his party's view on asylum seekers and he told uh, me on this programme a couple of days ago that uh, the government's stance on emigration was a failure and at this point there is no room at the inn. Now when I asked him whether these views made his position in Fianna Fáil untenable he told me that he was very proud of being a party member. Now, Joan is one of our listeners and she kind of took issue to this and she joins me now. Joan, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you doing? I'm very well indeed. Lovely to talk to you, Joan. You did take issue about his pride in being a member of Fianna Fáil. Why so? Because, Joan? Well, have people very short memories. I'm just wondering, would this be the same proud Fianna Fáil government that led people, left people stranded all those years ago, paying out money to bail out the banks where we lost our pension funds after putting money into it for years and years. People lost their homes. People committed suicide. People lost their livelihoods. I have to ask that question. Surely to God, listening to him and his great pride at how wonderful a party they are, have people's memories totally deteriorated to the extent that they have forgotten how desperate our country and our lives have become? as a result of the Fáil government. For God's sake, this government should ne- this party should never again even get a look in to be part of our country. Now, I know they're part of the government at the moment, but at least they haven't all the say. There's somebody else there to keep them pulled back a small bit, we hope. And the thing now is, you see, that elections are now on the horizon and people are looking at who will I vote for. And I think the biggest issue here when people are voting is they're voting local. Oh, the local man and this will be great. That is not always the case. And you might be given a particular edge to a particular party like maybe Fianna Fáil. And all you're doing is making it better for them. And people should be looking at the bigger picture. That is and my what, what, what's the bigger picture as far as you're concerned, well, Joan? Well, the bigger picture is, for God's sake, don't let Fianna Fáil in again. We do not want well, them there's again. there's an awful lot of people out there who would support Fianna Fáil and some of the issues that you, you mentioned there, like the bailout of the banks, they would say that the genesis of that was, you know, global issues that all came together at the time and, you know, there was all sorts of outside influences on what happened to us here in Ireland and they probably would tell you that it wasn't entirely uh, Fianna Fáil's fault at the time, even though the party subsequently was, was damaged by it all. Yeah, yeah, but of course they say it wasn't. But isn't that always the case? If, if you two children fighting in a schoolyard, nobody is responsible all of a sudden. Mm. Somebody started it. And they were the people who were in charge of our government and in charge of our country. Mm. And they sent us all to the wall. 
we're all still suffering. People still suffering as a result of that. We're talking about the way the economy is at the moment. Half of the reason the economy is the way it is at the moment is because the bailout of the banks. There are still people homeless. You know it better than I do. That every day of the week we're hearing about how many thousands of people but, are but homeless. The, the irony, Joan, is that the economy is doing tremendously well and has been doing tremendously well for some some years. But there's still cost of living issues. And as you say, ordinary people are, are struggling. But as an economy, we appear to be doing great. Yeah, but that's just numbers at the end of a page. Yeah. Like if you're, 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 mean you're talking, if you're talking to an accountant, that I can guarantee you no accountant can think beyond figures. Everything has to do with figures. Mm. And I'm not talking about the figure of a person. I'm yes. talking about figures at the end of a page. Well, you're saying That's the, real, the real experience is different. Is that what the you're saying The real experience to me, is yeah. completely and totally different. I mean, if you're talking to some of the government ministers, they'll tell you all the hospitals are doing brilliantly. Mm. They're not doing... You, like you had a gent on this morning there, Connor. Mm, Connor Reedy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I could... I everything he was saying. Mm. You know, we our, our medical system is on the floor. It's actually below the floor if there's a possibility of being below the floor. And, like, you're looking at... And this all started. It all went downhill when Fianna Fáil were in power. I'm begging people today, for please, for God's sake, do not put them in again, power. Mm. Whoever mm. you put in, I don't care who goes in. But, but I do not want them to go into power, to be honest. Right. And and do you not think that as part of the coalition that they've done a good job, for example? No, I think if Fianna Gael weren't there to hold hold the reins most of the time, we'd be in trouble again, right. once again. So are you, no, are you all, a Fianna Gael supporter then, Joan? Do you know, I'm not any particular party supporter to be honest. My mm. father would be turning in his grave. He was a Fianna Fáil man all his life, mm. you know. But I certainly wouldn't support them. I probably did in the beginning until the crash. And mm. then when I saw the way the hand to that and the way we were we the ordinary people were treated by them. And they all looked out for themselves. It was it's a real Mayfane world. They all looked out for each other and themselves, and that was it. And fetch the rest of us, mm. you know. Well, and we as, might look as, after as I say, the I'm, I'm, the I'm, guys. I'm sure they would disagree with you, and they might also point to you that the late Brian Lenahan came up with the blueprint for recovery that was embraced then by by uh, Fine Gael and and Labour when they when they went in, you know. So they might. I'm well, sure they would disagree profoundly with you. Oh, I'm sure they would, you know. Mm. I mean, again, back to the children in the schoolyard, like nobody is responsible yeah. when yeah. things go wrong. I mean, that's the sad thing about it here. You know, there's no accountability in this country whatsoever unless you're on the other side of the pale, i.e. the ordinary mm. individual. Then there is accountability, definitely, and you're up mm. in court and you're up in jail and blah, blah, blah. But if you have a collar and tie on you and you're a grandfella then and it's different crime, it's not even called a crime. It's, oh, gosh, we got it wrong. Sorry. You right. know, and, and, and our our conversation has emerged from the chat with, with uh, Councillor Noel uh, Thomas. But is he not to be commended? Because he did break ranks with his party's official stance on immigration to come out and say what he said. So, well, I, I thought in the beginning, I said, yes, he's somebody now that has the BWS. Mm. To but, but, come when, out and say but when he said he was proud but, of the party, that that. But then that's oh my god, that was a red rag to a bull when I heard that coming out. I was thinking, oh, if he broke ranks and said, look at this is a party that I haven't been happy with, and this is how I feel about it, and that's why I'm breaking ranks with it. But no, I'm still a Fianna Fáil, mm. and they're such a wonderful party. I wondered was he talking about the same party that I knew about? But, but could I ask you, Joan? Could you be proud of the party and still have issues with? 
current policy. You, do, do, do you know what I mean? You might be proud of the... the now, I'm not standing up particularly for Fianna Fáil or yeah. any other party here, but could you be proud of maybe the history of the party or the... No, you don't no, think so. No, 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 definitely not. Not in view of what happened. Not no. in view of how all the all general public were thrown under the bus by that particular party, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not the only one saying that. Loads of people are saying that. And I think they saw it in the polls themselves after the, the election following that. Yeah, well, they certainly did. They certainly you know? did, yeah. And yeah. I'd like to think that that would continue, and that's why I'm here mm. speaking this morning mm. about it, that I'm begging people to but remember. Do, do you think that they should have to sort of hang on to that ball and chain for forever? Because, I mean, most of the, the front bench of the party now, with the exception of Michal Martin himself, maybe, you know, mightn't have been part of what happened back in at the end of the noughties there, you know? Yeah, but to be honest with you, who in their sane mind would want to be part of a party that did so much damage to the ordinary person in Ireland? Mm. That's my point, to be honest with you. Mm. That is it. But of course we had the years of austerity then and and the, the you know, the notion of austerity was a choice made by the Fine Gael Labour government. Now, Labour paid, paid an awful price for that as well, of course. They did, But, yeah. you know, is there it's any the... party that you'd point to and say, well, they... They did uh, the right thing, you know. Well, I don't know if anyone's done the right thing. I just do not want to be in a fall government, that's all, to be honest with you. Whatever other mix, I don't know whatever other mm. mix we can have because I don't think any particular party is strong enough to have mm. government on their own anymore. I think that day is well and Well, really it, I gone, mean, if Sinn Féin leads the next government, there's a good chance, I would put it out there, that, that they go into coalition with, with a version of Fianna Fáil in some way, you know, so... Well, I think that should be the sad day for our country, to be yeah, honest so. with you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, definitely. I, I wouldn't be a supporter of Sinn Féin at all. You know, I, I just, yeah. I'd be very nervous of them. They are full of hot air. They're full of ideas, what they're going to do, but they're not backing it up with anything yeah. substantial. They're not saying, well, I'm going to do that and this is how I'm going to do it. So you've, ru- you've, ruled, out, mouth, you've ruled out Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin. So when, when voting comes around, how will you make up your mind, Joan? Well, on the day, I suppose I'll make up my mind, but I think of whatever chance we'd have with Fine Gael, to be honest with you, that is my thinking on it anyway, and that's just me personally. Your, your you poor know. father, how would he feel about you now saying oh, that he on, wouldn't. on the radio? Well, you see, my poor father now, you see, wouldn't have known about the bank crash and all of that, so that might have changed his mind pretty quickly, you know. I suppose. It would, in, yeah. it would indeed, yeah. It would All right, indeed. Joan. Well, yeah. lovely to talk to you today, Joan, and thank you for your opinion. Uh, happy Christmas, Joan. Before I go, can I yes. wish yourself, Emma, and all the team a happy Christmas? And thanks for all the chats over the year and for giving me, afford me the opportunity to express my opinion in many times but over you were, the year. We're thank d- you for that. Delighted to do so, Joan. You look after yourself. Happy Christmas, Joan. God bless bye, you. Bye bye, Joan. Bye bye. We'll take a break. We'll talk gardening in just a moment. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Glad to be joined uh, by Alton Nesbeth, our horticulturalist. Uh, good morning to you, Alton. Good morning, Fran. And uh, good to talk to you today. You're going to talk to us about the centrepieces for for the Christmas table, I think, largely, Alton. 
Yeah, I think it's lovely at this time of the year to bring the outside in. Yeah. And so there's loads of lo- lovely um, uh, scented foliage plants and things like that that you can start bringing in into the, into the house and, and using the centerpieces in uh, for the Christmas table. Um, now there's lovely lovely uh, things to to use and lovely plants that are really coming to their own at this time of the year. So I love things like the, the lovely Tuya emeralds or or Tuya Rhine gold, and these have lovely um fo- lovely uh, tangy. Uh, I sent off them, which really is magnificent. Brought this kind of orangey uh, smell off it, which was particularly nice. And they make lovely fillers in, in arrangements. So really for the centrepiece, what I, I tend to use is, is uh, like the wet o- oasis. And, and even if you have a round dish and use them, uh, 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 sort of oasis tape, just to secure the oasis to, to, to the base. Mm. So that's, that's what, that will always is very important as well, is to, to wet the oasis. Uh, let's say uh, an hour or two before, so that it absorbs as much water as possible. So it keeps your arrangement really fresh for the mm. next couple of days. Do, just know, explain for, for, for. the oasis to, uh, to me, if you would. Yeah, well, what, what we have is uh, the oasis is, is very good. You have wet or dry oasis. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a, a dry ar- arrangement, use the dry one. That's kind of the brown one, yes. and then the, the wet oasis is the green, and that kind of absorbs a lot of water. So that it, it allows your your arrangement to last for much much longer okay. for up just uh, up to three weeks or mm. so. You know, so I mean, it's, it's quite a good thing to, to have, and it's, it's a great base um, to put your 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 foliage into, so that it secures them quite well, so that is, uh, your, your arrangement remains uh, in in good form. Mm. So what, what I tend to do is, is soak that, let's uh, say, overnight, really, and then um, uh, start uh, getting your your bases, your 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 oasis base, or and then and then secure it with them. Um, an oasis tape, so that it makes it quite secure on the on the centerpiece. Now, with more, most table arrangements, I don't like them too tall. So, especially when you're talking across the table to somebody, and there's this um, yes. uh, arrangement good, good blocking point. the view. Yeah. So it's very very important to keep it keep it low, so that um, conversation can flow. So really, what I tend to use as well um, in the oasis is have these um, candles secure um, bases. So that you put the candles into, and this um, uh, secures the candle quite firmly into the oasis, so that there's no movement in it either. You know, and it's quite safe then to to, to use. So you can get these candle bases that you stick into the oasis and, and place your candle into it, and then put in, into the lovely evergreen foliage. Now I like uh, things that are that you get from the garden. So I mean, lots of people would have lots of evergreen plants in their garden. Um, and so that to use as much of that foliage as possible. Mm. So th- things that have a great scent in it, like like your the two year two years emeralds or, or two year uh, Danica, um, or even Rheingold. Any of those are quite good, um, and they're great fillers in it. And I'd also use um, a thing called uh, just the ordinary Irish ivy, and the Irish ivy is particularly good um, uh, in arrangement because at this time of the year, sometimes it's be in flower. You'll have that lovely lime green flower. But also, um, you'll have the lovely blackberry on it, and the blackberry uh, shows off quite well in the arrangements because the, you have the lovely rich dark green foliage, and then this lovely um, dark blackberry in it, and it's fantastic with things that you can add in the flowers into things like um, anthuriums or even um, the orchids, which are particularly good for for the centerpiece. And I, I always think anthuriums last so long; mm. they're almost like a waxy flower, but you can get them in different colours. You can get them in, in the lovely deep red, which is great for, for this time of year, red, pink, or, or white as well, or creamy, creamy white, which are particularly good. And they make a great show 
in the, in the centrepiece as well. Other things that I would put into it as well is to show you your herbs. Now, and I would always, always, I always like using the, the bay leaf now, for instance, mm. and it's lovely scent off that. Herbs, and it, wow, uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. interesting, yeah. And, and, and they hold quite well. Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the, the bay leaf or even the, um, uh, as a salvia, the sage, is quite good, or even thyme or rosemary is lovely as well. That kind of the silvery green foliage, which is particularly nice in, in arrangements. And that, that makes, um, uh, you get that lovely waft uh, from it, from the set from the table um, of, of Christmas, really. Um, what's good to add to them as well is to, to uh, get an orange, slice it up, uh, put it in the oven, dry them, uh, and then put some cloves onto it and use that in the arrangement. The slices of orange is particularly good. And also even the, the um, cinnamon sticks. Mm. Um, and I, I always put the kind of uh, cinnamon sticks, a cluster of three. Just cut them about um, uh, uh, an inch or two uh, in length and then put them into, into the arrangements as well. So the lovely scent of cinnamon, orange, um, even the uh, aniseed, which is particularly good as well. And that's a really Christmas, Christmas um, scent um, from, from the, the table arrangement. Again... There's loads of other things that you can mm. put into it if you want kind of bigger arrangements. Let's say something for the hall table, mm. which, I, which I particularly like. And I always like um, something that's living and growing. Um, and uh, I always have the kind of spring bulbs, four spring bulbs, which are quite good. Things like the lovely pa- uh, paper white um, tet tet daffodils. These, these um, have great scent off them. Now, they grow a little bit taller. Um, so they go to about nearly a, a foot or so high. So, but a mass of these double creamy white flowers with a magnificent scent off it. And then even plants in around those have um, uh, the uh, the hyacinths. Mm. And the hy- uh, the hyacinths are quite strong scented now. Mm. Some, pe- some people uh, like it, some people don't. Because it's almost intoxicating, it, 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 it's quite strong. So even just mm. to put three bulbs of the hyacinths in it, just have a nice scent on it. Um, and uh, and then uh, if you want a real taller display, um, have the amaryllis. And the amaryllis are magnificent. They're almost like these kind of um, uh, big speaker flowers that come out in it. And they come in a variety of colours as well. You have the lovely reds and pinks uh, and uh, whites of those. But uh, with the amaryllis, you do have to keep turning that um, bulb uh, quite, quite quite regularly, so it isn't growing in one direction. Because it goes quite tall, it tends to get a bit top-heavy. So even if you give it a little um, a, a split cane, a plant support, um, just to, to hold it upright um, in the arrangements, that, that will, will uh, do quite well. Very good. So, I mean, yeah, and what, what about berries? Uh, should we take oh, that yeah. into account as well, Alton? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. And th- there's loads of loads of um, uh, plants that have loads of berries this time of the year. As I was saying, the ivy is quite nice with the berries, the lovely blackberry on it. But really, if you want the lovely red berries, um, the skinia is particularly good. Um, uh, of course, holly, mm. which, is, which, yes. which is fantastic. And there's lots of berries on, on the hollies at this time of the year, uh, which is fantastic to see. Um, other things, there's a kind of thing called solanum, which also have berries, or a thing called galteria. And galteria has these lovely red berries on it as well. And they're lovely in, in arrangements. Um, to, to give that a uh, lovely display. But if you if you find that the birds have eaten all the, the berries off the, the hollies or, or the the um, uh, uh, galteries and things like that, I would use uh, the rose hips mm. are really fantastic. And r- the rose hips uh, uh, give great display. There's a lovely one called uh, Rosa Rogosa, and that's a lovely rose, hedging rose that you often have in your garden. Um, and that will have the large rose hips on it. And they're particularly good because you would have the lovely bright red orange um, uh, colours from those 
and they're very vibrant um, uh, uh, berries that you can put on, into your arrangements as well. So, I mean, it's nice to have kind of a mixture mm. of different things. Have, have the flowers, but also have the berries. But uh, uh, then there's lovely things called, with, with, with just the stem colours as well. And I think the, the birch um, twigs are quite nice, or even uh, the dogwoods. And you can get the dogwoods in several different colours as well. There's a lovely one called um, uh, uh, Elegantisma dogwood, which is particularly nice. Lovely red stem on it. Um, and then you have the yellow, yellow stems, or even there, there's midwinter fire, bright orange stems. So even if you did a kind of cluster of those into arrangements, if you have a taller arrangement, let's say for the for the um, uh, let's say off off centre from the mm. the main table, um, let's say on the sideboard, if you wanted a taller arrangement, you can use those. Things like the grasses are particularly good as well. Yes. Yeah. I, I like I like um, things like the, so the real pampas grass. Mm. Um, and there's a big plumy, plumy type, uh, feathery type flowers out of it. And they're particularly good for the miscanthus grasses. They give that kind of lovely, you can almost make a lovely um, um, apical um, shape from it. Almost like a pyramidal shape um, uh, from your arrangement from those. And uh, they give great height as well as um, lovely strong colours And as well. often these arrangements, uh, people who mightn't have done this before, can they sort of just go in at the deep end, you think, or is there advice? Re- really, really, do you know what? Um, it, it, it's, it's a lovely thing to do, mm. and it's a, lo- a lovely thing to have, um, as I said, mm. bring the, the outdoors in, mm. and using plants that you have. I mean, there's, there's loads of other plants that, that, are, that are quite widely available mm. or that are in people's gardens. And, and use the seed heads of them. Because there's lovely poppy seeds. Yes. Even the, hydra- the hydrangea uh, flower head. Um, use those um, in your range and dry them. Um, and you can ha- either spray paint them or you can, you can have the silver and gold um, in your arrangements with those. But I actually like them just as the dried flower yes. or the dried seed head from them. Even the lotus flower, is, is the lotus seed head is quite nice uh, to, to put in your arrangements as well. But I, I, if you can do um, a kind of a mixture of, of, of different things, and to have the seed heads, the flowers, and also the foliage. Um, and there's lovely um, uh, a plant called a Soracoca confusa, which is the Christmas box. And that will have tiny little flowers out of it, but a magnificent scent of the flowers. And that's fantastic in arrangements as well. Even the pine cones or pine needles oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, are, 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 are great to, to put yeah, into the It was interesting you mentioned at the top the orchids. I haven't seen orchids being used uh, yeah, for, well, for or, Christmas are, arrangements. Are, yeah, well, that, that's really uh, the, the high end yes, of yeah. arrangements. And, and really is lovely. Um, orchids or an, anthurians or thing called gerbera. These are, these are lovely uh, flowers to put into arrangements. And um, I think, see, the orchid flower is an amazing flower, really, mm. because it's almost like a waxy-type flower, but it, it lasts for so long uh, in arrangements, and it's, it is quite spectacular and quite showy-looking as well. Mm. Um, there's all, often there's a, there's, a every, there's a concert on every year, I think it's in Switzerland, and, and, and um, they have all the, the um, orchid flowers in their arrangements uh, around the orchestra, and, and it, it gives, gives a fantastic display. The same with the Anturians, or even, as I say, that using the paper whites as well for that lovely scent and so, Somebody them. wondering about buying the Oasis. Um, I presume oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're for sale in, in Arabon there, aren't they? Well, yes, we have loads of them in, yeah. uh, in, in stock. So, I mean, uh, again, they're quite easy. You, you get them in a block. Um, they're only, only about, uh, was, I think, three euros for them. But, uh, and there, and you have the uh, Oasis bases and the tape as well. Yes. So, I mean, that, that's a great start to use as a base. And then just fill in with the lovely evergreens 
and the lovely foliage, even the herbs. Very good. Um, and, and in the past, Alton, would people have used um, a log of wood as a sort of a base? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can do that. Um, you'd have to drill, drill the, 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 the. I would always do kind of a uh, split the log so that you have a good steady base on yes. it. And, and and even for the um, uh, candles as well, have mm. have good good um, uh, candle holders for that. Um, and then screw uh, dry uh, holes in, into it as a good base for your your foliage. Mm. Um, and that that works quite well. Or even um, what I what I would do if you're doing garlands or anything like that, newspaper is very good. And just wind with your your forestry wire uh, around that and and fill in with your lovely uh, pines and and uh, uh, conifers down along along the the garland. And that gives a great uh, base to put in your flowers. Well, there, there's lovely ideas there, uh, Alton. Uh, thank you so much, and thanks for all your. Terrific uh, contributions during the year. And a happy Christmas to you and your family, Alton. Thank you. A ha- happy Christmas to all. Oh. Thank you. Bye bye to you now. That's Alton Nesbitt there of Arabon speaking to us about those lovely ideas for the centrepieces. Uh, that's about it uh, from me. Emma produced, Ali looks after her content. Stephen is on the way with the Time Tunnel. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Look after yourselves now, won't you? Bye bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.